You ready? 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 One, two, three, four! podcast features views and opinions that are not representative of the collective views of the Whispers groups. Some of these views may not be suitable for children. 
Accordingly, the producers and hosts of the Missy AE podcast must insist that no one attempt to take anything that is being said as representative of the views of any of the Whispers groups. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another edition of the Missy AE podcast. Tonight, we bring to you Sports Whispers Weekly, where we talk nothing but sports for the duration of the show. I am your host, Steve Kent. I am joined as uh, alongside me, as always, by Lou. And we have a lot of stuff to cover tonight, but first off, I want to give a brief reminder to anybody who may follow the Missy AE podcast. Uh, Our schedule for the upcoming week, this upcoming Thursday night, we will be doing the Survivor 43 recap show. So if you're a fan of Survivor, be sure to tune into that because uh, Jim Early and the gang are going to break down pretty much everything that has taken place in this upcoming week of Survivor. Then on Friday night, we will have the finale edition of the Big Brother 24 recap podcast, where we will discuss the finale, which is set to take place tomorrow night on CBS. And we will discuss basically not just the finale but the season as a whole and then of course next saturday night we will be back here for the sports whispers weekly podcast but lou uh we we have a lot to cover because there's just when just when we thought that there was going to be a little bit of a lull in uh in the news all of a sudden, it almost nope. seemed like everything piled up upon each other one by one this week. And yes. obvious, obviously, I mean, we got uh, number 700 for Albert Pujols to discuss. We got Aaron well, Judge's chase. We have Aaron Judge's chase of uh, Roger Maris' uh. Uh, record to discuss. Uh, we also have Canelo versus Triple G, part three, that we have to talk about as well. But I figure we should probably get started by per, with perhaps the biggest story that has come out in sports recently, and that is yes. uh, surrounding the Boston Celtics and oh, their yeah. head coach, Ime Udoka. Now, we did talk about this earlier today, Lou, uh, yes. off, the, off the air here on, uh, on your other show. We talked about this in particular But what happened is basically Shams Sharania reported that Celtics coach Ime Udoka's pending suspension, which he has officially been suspended for a full year as of now, and it was due to an improper intimate and consensual relationship with a female member of the team's staff, which is considered to be a violation of the team's code of conduct. And Adrian Wojnarowski added that the Celtics may be prepared to suspend him for the upcoming season, which they already did. Although for now, they had said that his job was secure. However, Mm. there have been some developments over the last day or two that kind of makes you wonder, maybe perhaps Ime Udoka the head coach of the Boston Celtics much longer. Mm. And Lou, I know, I know obviously you've been following this. What, what's your take on first off the fact that, you know, this is a guy who was basically given 
the best, you know, one of, one of the best coaching opportunities you could ask for, coaching a young team yes. like the Celtics uh, with such talented players, and he just took them to the NBA Finals this year. And now mm-hmm. all of a sudden, it's like he just absolutely has thrown away this chance to really make something here. Well, he did make something. He just made it into a bigger mess. <laughs> he is an idiot for getting it on with his with one of his uh, female staff members. Yeah, brilliant move on your part, stupid. I think he got off too easy though. Only a year suspension. <laughs> I say that he should be he should be out permanently. And well, not even come for back. now, for mm-hmm. now it's right. a, it's a year suspension. I have a feeling. Uh, from listening to Boston radio this week, and I kind of I kind of agree with what one of their callers had said. They basically said that yes. they likely only suspended Emay for a year because they want to be able to retain the rights to Emay Udoka, so that uh, if they were to have fi- if they were to have fired him, there would be the chance that some other team would potentially pick him up right away. Like maybe uh, some other team doesn't really care about the fact that he had a relationship or a hookup with a uh, with a member of the uh, Celtics team staff, and they would decide, and they would decide, you know what, he's still a good coach, so we're going to pick him up anyways, even though he has that oh, baggage. Only knew. So I have a feeling that's probably why they only decided to just suspend him for the time being. And from all indications, according to team owner Wick Grosbeck at a press conference that they held yesterday, Wick basically said that there is a significant monetary penalty that Ime is uh, suffering here. So it sounds like he may be partially paid during his suspension, but there's basically considering the contract that he had signed at when when he first got hired by the Celtics it sounds like there's a significant reduction in pay for him as a result of this exactly as there should be and oh yeah exactly i i mean you know i may be a, i may be a Celtics fan uh but come on there's you know, you're you're an NBA you're an NBA coach. You have a smoking hot fiance in Nia Long. What the hell oh, yeah. are you doing, hooking up with a female staff member on the yeah. team? And in particular, me Nia Long. Uh, in particular, too. Apparently, this staff member to make all of his. With him being basically, she was his travel agent. So, I think. Uh, she helped make all the travel arrangements for him and his wife, also. Sometimes it says, uh, according to TMZ Sports, the job sometimes included organizing travel for his fiance, Nia Long. And so, basically, one of the staffer's duties included planning Udoka's team related travel. And we're told, or they were told, that she was also involved in booking travel for Naya to come to Boston or to different road games. And also, what's most upsetting for Naya is number one, 
just a little over two weeks ago, she had just moved to Boston to be permanent, to live permanently with Ime. And what's most upsetting perhaps for the, uh, for her in this is that the female staff member also had a hand in helping Naya move to Boston permanently. I see. And, you know, this apparently is so big of a scandal that it even got uh, former head coach Brad Stevens, who is now the team president, to pretty much – I mean, he he never swears. Like, he literally never swears when talking to the media. And he started talking about all the – yeah, until now, he started talking about all of the, as he as he said it, bullshit media, uh, or no bullshit rampant uh, rumors on Twitter, right? And uh, he got he was very emotional during this press conference, mm-hmm. uh, saying that the scandal had been particularly upsetting for all of their female employees. Uh, due to the speculation about who had the affair with Udoka. And the reason the reason why he lashed out at Twitter is because multiple female employees were basically floating around on Twitter. Like the Twitter uh Twitter people were putting out different names uh and pictures of female employees on the Celtic staff and were basically alleging that they were the ones who uh, Ime had hooked up with. And apparently it's caused a lot of, uh, a lot of harassment and a lot of turmoil uh, to those specific employees in the past couple of days because of this, because their names basically been getting dragged through the mud. Mm-hmm. Now there's been, you know, there's been speculation as to who exactly leaked this. Was it the Celtics? Was it Emay? Was it one of the yeah. one of the staff members that leaked this? The Celtics have flat out denied. That, that's the first thing they they said in their press conference was that it wasn't leaked out by them. So whoever whoever did it, it wasn't by no it knowing it wasn't knowingly done by one of the Celtics front office members. So that's led to speculation that maybe Ime Udoka tried to get out in front of this and basically throw the staff members underneath the bus, uh, trying to get the yes. trying to lessen the blow that would come on to him as a result of this. But you know, needless to say, Lou, this is for for a team that had just made the NBA Finals. And is one of the front runners to win the title this year, according to Vegas. Uh, this is uh, this is the last thing that they needed to come up here. Yes. <clears throat> uh, so, uh, you know, what what effect, Lou, do you think this might have with Ime Udoka? We, and we know we know how he coaches. We know the types of decisions that he makes during games. How? big of an effect or how much of an effect will this have on the upcoming season? Oh, it's going to have a, it's going to have a big effect. I think it's going to be a big distraction on the Celtics this season, knowing what took place just uh, recently. <laughs> recently. Um, I think uh, 
Udoka is going to be in, is going to be up in uh, Ships Creek, and the team is going to suffer. So this is only the beginning of what's to come for the Celtics and Udoka. <laughs> right. Yeah, and it's yeah. it's definitely going to be it's definitely going to be a distraction. And yep. the 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 one thing too about this is there's no info. Like literally, they set up a press conference, and yet they said we can't really tell you guys anything about like any of the details because they said that the law, uh, they hired a law firm back in July after the NBA finals to investigate this. And they literally just got the results back from that law firm after they had discussed or after they had uh, investigated everything that went on. And so basically like I said, like I said on, on on your show earlier today, Lou, that it really seems like this is more. Uh, this has turned basically into a lawyer game now, yeah. where it's Ima Udoka's lawyers against the Boston Celtics lawyers. Yeah, and I have a feeling that. Maybe perhaps Ime may not be on the Celtics for much longer. I mean, yeah, he's probably going. You know, he's he's going to stay suspended. But I think we have seen Ime coach his last game as a Boston, as the head coach of the Boston Celtics, and maybe perhaps yeah. as a head coach. Period in period. the NBA. But as, the time. Uh, as according to an agent, the, and this is coming from. Uh, one of the one of the uh, established uh, sites out there, according to Ethan Strauss of the House of Strauss, uh, he has indicated that Udoka's recent actions that led to his suspension will likely doom his future coaching prospects in the league. That according to an agent friend of his. Uh, the agent basically told him about Udoka's head coaching process, and I quote, he's done. Uh, and then he said, my guy's not the only one saying it. This is how many NBA insiders now see the situation and have seen it since Thursday, really. While nobody can completely predict the future, it is a widespread interpretation of present events. Now, what's weird about this whole thing is originally – the organization had been under the impression that the relationship between Udoka and the female staffer was consensual from both sides. But then the staffer recently accused Udoka, supposedly, of making unwanted comments towards her, supposedly. And according to Wick Grosbeck, during the press conference, uh, owner Wick Grosbeck did say that there were multiple violations of their conduct policy that were, you know, that that uh, Udoka had committed. So it's not just. It sounds to me, Lou, it's not just a one-time thing. It's a multiple incident, yeah, uh, situation that we're dealing with here. So, with that, you know, with that being said. I find it very hard to believe 
that Udoka will be staying around much longer. I think what they're probably mm-hmm. doing right now is they're probably trying to come to a conclusion to where the well first off the Celtics are probably trying to make it so that they don't have to pay Udoka the remainder of his right. contract and they can somehow get out of his contract and you know, they can move forward with finding a potential permanent head coach. I mean, I know there's uh, there's head coaches that are on the market. Frank Vogel's on the market. Quinn Snyder's on the market. Boston could be a very attractive uh, destination for head co- for head coaching uh, for potential head coaches, wouldn't you think? Exactly. So the Assistant coaches on Boston's uh, on the Boston Celtics are Damon Stoudemire, Ben Sullivan, Joe Mazzula, Aaron Miles, and Tony Dobbins. And they decided, they yeah they just they decided to give the interim head coach title to Joe Mazzula, who yeah. was originally a member of Brad Stevens's team, uh, Brad Stevens's coaching staff. And I know that you know there were there were oh, there were there's a past that Missoula has had in particular where I for, I forget what it was there there was some sort of uh, he had some sort of a domestic violence incident or something that ended up taking place or no he was arrested for domestic battery at a bar. Uh, while he was in college, while he was playing in college. And Brad said, you know, there, there were people who were who were uh, wondering, okay, how is it going to look uh, in, from Boston's end if they go from, from Ime Udoka, who is a cheater, to a guy who was arrested for domestic battery? And... Yeah. Stevens did say that he did vet originally he vetted him thoroughly before he even added him as an assistant to his to his coaching staff back when he was the head coach of the Boston Celtics and he said that Missoula had passed with flying colors basically uh to meet all the qualifications both not just basketball wise but also as uh his character as a person and he was then hired as one of the assistant coaches mm. so the fact that they brought in Missoula uh, as the interim head coach to me Lou I think this is a good idea because he Absolutely. already has a bit of no- he already has a bit of knowledge of the Boston Celtics players I mean yeah. he, he you know he's uh, Tatum Brown Smart all of the veterans right. on that team have worked with him since the 2019 season. So it's not like they're going to be working with, say, Damon Stoudemire or something, who literally just joined uh, the team right. last year. Uh, however, this is Missoula's first, co- first uh, coaching gig in the NBA as a head coach. Uh, he was previously a head coach at Fairmont State for two years, 
uh, from 2017 to 2019, which is uh, Division Two, I think, in, in NCAA. So, and I mean, he had a pretty good record there, but Fairmont State isn't really, you know, they're in the Mountain East Conference. They're not really a big basketball right. uh you know, college. Yeah, yeah, that conference don't take down ball that seriously. Yeah, but nobody does. Perhaps you know the big the big thing, the big reason why Ime Udoka was even hired from the beginning is because the players wanted him to be hired. The players advocated right. for him to be hired. Joe Mazzula, he originally this past off season. Uh, he was one of the finalists for the Utah Jazz job before it ended up going to another. It ended up going to another person. Uh, so, you know, it's not it's not like there there haven't been teams that have been looking at potentially hiring him. So I think this could be a good thing for Boston. Obviously, we're going to have to see, you know, what style of uh of coaching he brings whether he's going to continue yeah. Ime's uh system or if he's going to implement a new system of his own uh but the the players were apparently made aware of the stuff going on with Ime uh shortly before it was officially announced like a couple of days before it was officially announced and yeah, it, so it, this is basically the next era, I guess you could say, in yeah. Bo- in the Bo- in the Boston Celtics. And I mean, there's you know, there's one thing, Lou, that I I just do not understand. And Stephen yeah. A. Smith could not could not okay. shut his mouth during no, really? this whole thing. What a shock! Why, why, the, why the is the very... franchise he's always right? I don't get it. why. Sorry about that, but you get the idea. Yeah, but you know, here, here's the here's the thing though, Lou. He immediately brought race into the equation here, yeah. saying that uh, this wouldn't be an issue if the if the coach was white. Uh, if the coach was that, if the coach there, if the coach was white. Uh, there wouldn't be this wouldn't be an issue because as he said pl- there are plenty of white folks in sports mm-hmm. including uh those in leadership positions that are doing their thing basically i don't uh, know you still put up with them yeah you know it's it, it made espn look very bad in this whole thing. It's it's almost as if ESPN. Yeah. He made ESPN look like they're spinning a narrative that Ima right. Udoka is the one under attack here. Mm. And actually, the exact quote is: "There's plenty of white folks out there doing their thing. I don't see the information out about them." That's the exact quote that was said, that was said by yeah. uh, by Stephen A. Smith. And yet, I don't know how, I don't know how uh, Kellerman, Kellerman and, and uh, Molly uh, put up with the two, or are they just staying silent? Like I'm not going to well, this. Uh-uh. 
he got into a fight actually with Malika Andrews as well, um, involving involving this whole thing. And Malika Andrews ended up calling in to the show to uh, basically uh, to basically have at it on on first take uh, yeah. about the Ime Udoka scandal, and she basically warned him to stop pointing fingers. That this whole thing isn't about pointing fingers. No, it isn't. And yeah. actually, let me let me find the exact the exact quote that Stephen A. Smith here. He said it said Uh-oh. in the numerous news reports that that it was a consensual relationship and violated an organizational policy. So only he is in violation of a company policy. The woman who elected to have a consensual relationship with him is not in violation. He gets to get mentioned and put out and put on Front Street. We don't know who she is. And Say what? so basically, uh, Stephen A. Smith with this whole thing is placing the blame for the rampant and incorrect speculation on the woman involved in the scenario who may have even been wronged by Udoka himself or herself. And Malika Andrews basically uh, called in and said, with all due respect, this is not about pointing the finger. Stop. What became apparent to me in this press conference is that we do not have all the information here. And it was frustrating to me that the Celtics declined to elaborate or give more specifics about what exactly the, the rule breaking was that led up to this point. We are not here, Stephen A., to blame women. That is not why we are here. Now, I don't know about you, Lou, but to me, this doesn't seem like – I mean, first off, all the blame should be put on Ime Udoka. All the blame should be yes. put on the coach. It should be put on the coach regardless of if – the coach is white, the coach is black, the coach is any race whatsoever. If the coach is the one that's causing all these problems, he should be he should be the one that is that is, you know, immediately put under fire here. Right. Let, let me bring in Alex. Uh Alex, welcome to the show. We are discussing the Ime Udoka scandal, which I'm sure you probably have heard about. Oh, yeah. Thankfully, I wasn't uh, involved in that one. Hey, Lou, my uh, my other favorite host, Lou. Sorry, man. I cannot. I still have to work for a couple more weeks, so I'm sorry I missed your show, but I heard it was, uh, well, Steve it was, was a good here, show so this afternoon. What's that? Steve was, on, uh, Steve was actually on it. And that was, that oh, was good, man. <laughs> no, I yeah. always got your – Best uh, best things in mind, man. I'm I'm sorry I was tied up with work before, but happy to jump on tonight, man. Good. But, yeah, I so, mean, uh, so Udoka, I, like, I mean, it's it's amazing. I mean, I have to I have to assume I'm not a mind reader, but I don't know all the answers in the world. But you're not for them to proactively get out in front of it. It had to be really pretty brutal. I, I've never, but then yeah. I, I don't know. I'm kind of mind boggled because I've never heard of uh, was he. Uh, there has to be something more to the story. Like we're going to suspend the guy for a year for cheating on his wife with a staffer. Uh, that doesn't happen on wall street or uh, uh, in a public school system. So why are the Celtics suspending this guy for a year suddenly? 
something legal? Was there something illegal about it? Or well, that's, here's, that's, here's there's the, got to be a lot more smoke. Thing. I, I, I don't I know I don't know one tenth of what's going on because I don't understand that. Right. So here's the thing. Right. Supposedly, uh, the relationship was supposedly consensual at first. The the organization okay. was under was oh, under the assumption. Uh, they, or they were under the understanding, I should say, that the that the relationship was consensual. Then oh, the no. female staff member then said that or she accused Ime of making inappropriate remarks or something or something along those lines towards her. The, the woman, the woman who then, he was tangled up with, or another another staffer. Yeah, yeah. The the woman, the woman another that, was, uh, that he was tangled up with. No, the the same oh, woman. Oh, so However, was, though, then, was, I mean, then it was then it was then it was shifting into possible workplace harassment, sexual harassment. Possibly. Yeah. I thought I thought, it was, I thought How, he was getting not. I thought he was getting destroyed because of uh, cheating on his wife with a staffer. As bad as that is, there's nothing you can't. You really shouldn't be able to suspend someone. So, yeah, that 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 proves what I was. That, that right. gives me the info I was looking for. I honestly didn't read or find out too much about it since I jumped on your guys' show. So now it makes more sense. Right. However, there is more about it, though. Uh, there's rumors flying around. Uh, one in particular says there might okay. be a second woman that is involved, and that woman might actually Uh-oh. have gotten pregnant by Udoka. <laughs> I was literally like, what is going on here? I thought, I thought he uh, assaulted someone on the staff, male or female, or – Soul, or you know what I mean? That was so. That's, yeah. that's out of left field. I've never encountered that as a sports fan in 43 years of watching, or not, you know, many years watching sports. I've never had a seen a coach suspended by a team without a charge. You know what I mean? Without anything legal coming up. That was pretty. Exactly. It's it's groundbreaking. Exactly, and you know now what, uh, what like, would like the uh, what would the what would the league what would the league would have done because uh, Massachusetts police wouldn't have done anything. I mean, what I, it's it's still strange to me. Unless the, yeah, unless the, the uh, know, God forbid, unless he yeah. you know tried to strangle someone or hold a Kareem Hunt or a Michael Vick I to to suspend right. him for a mm. year. I, I I mean, what what would be the worst thing that could happen if Boston fans found out or if David Silver found out? What, what would they? They're not going to do anything huge to the Celtics. Yeah. So it's a PR move, I guess. Yeah, it's it's basically from what it sounds like. It sounds like it's a PR move. But here's the, here's the thing about it though is that according to Wick Grosbeck, who is the uh, Celtics owner, okay, there's not really much that they can say about the investigation because uh, uh, lawyers okay. are involved now. Lawyers are involved yeah. now, so it's basically it sounds like it's Ime Udoka's lawyers against the Boston Celtics lawyers, and there is speculation that yeah he is suspended, but the reason why he's suspended is because they don't want to flat out fire him because in doing so that could mean that he could potentially lawsuit. jump immediately from from them to another team oh, and a lawsuit too that too. Uh, yeah, but I agree. With they you. don't That's want him jumping. With me. If you can't, if, if 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 someone cheats on someone, you can't fire someone for that. Especially as a, a no. on such a grand scale right. as an NBA job. I mean, we all know that. Because you, right. you could easily hire a dream team of attorneys and fry their ass in court. 
So they right, got to right. they got to tread lightly. I so yeah, I guess the owner knew what he was doing. Obviously, a move like that, I knew there was something bad. You know what I mean? Right. The the owner wouldn't publicly speak out and justify it. So I knew there was something big coming up. I just didn't know what it was. So now, yeah, and now you're giving me top, some clarity. Now you're giving me now you're giving, now you're giving me some clarity to it. Yeah. And on top, you know, on top of all this too, uh, his fiance Nia Long. She apparently did not know about this until, like, literally maybe the day before Ime knew that it was going to come out. Ime told her that it was going to come out. And she was absolutely blind. I mean, she had with Ime two weeks ago. Yeah, it's awful. From all indications, she's a really lovely woman, too. Uh, You know. Yeah. uh, Perfectly. Family-wise, and obviously, you know, the whole nine yards. She's a, a good woman, so it's, it's terrible yeah, for it to happen. That's hard to find. It's definitely, it's definitely not a uh, like a Kardashian trashy situation. She's a classy person, so that's awful for her to find out through the media. All too often it happens, but now, as you guys know, we live in the digital age. We find out stuff overnight, and yeah, yeah, uh, relatives exactly. or uh, players' wives, or but sometimes players don't even find out until they're getting reported on. Yeah, and here's and here's the thing too. Uh, Stephen A. Smith immediately went on the race subject of all this, basically insinuating that if he was white, that he wouldn't have been suspended because white people apparently are white people in sports apparently are doing this all the time. And uh, I don't know. If, I don't know if he's off the mark on that one. I know it's a little bit volatile and a little bit controversial so obviously when Stephen a speaks up you're like ah take it with a grain of salt he's he's got an angle but i don't know how yeah. uh i don't know how incorrect he is quinn snyder quinn snyder the jazz the the jazz coach yeah it's random but it kind of it actually speaks exactly to what you just said about uh Stephen a smith i didn't even know he was notorious at university of mizzou uh, coaching Missouri basketball before he became the head coach of the Utah Jazz for not only banging, uh, sorry, uh, well, you know, for having relations with uh, 18, 19 year old cheerleaders, not not just staff. I would yeah. I would think it would be a little less disturbing or a little less of a red flag. Thirty year old compared to an eighteen year old, <laughs> a little, right. little bit worse. And he was doing uh, some some uh, extracurricular activities that you know, kind of that white power powder thing. Quinn Snyder was a big, uh, he liked to do the uh, Bolivian Coke uh, marching powder up his nose with, with players and with players and with co-eds with freshmen and sophomores on campus. And they quietly ushered him off, off of campus and he landed with the jazz. So, yeah, I mean, it is a little, you you can't, can't compare this just with one case, but Hey, that just, I literally was randomly reading about that. I swear to God, two days before the this uh, Aduka stuff came up, like someone huh. joked about it on some Facebook thing, and I go, yeah. "Oh, Quinn Snyder." I always used to watch that guy. You guys noticed that, right? He always looked like he was fried. He would look like he hadn't slept yeah. in five days, and he had eyes taken oh, out yeah. of his head. Well, you know, we've maybe we've met someone or noticed someone or watched uh, TV and noticed someone who's doing that that stuff up the nose. Quinn Snyder, I mean, he like nails it to a T. I had never, and then I, I, so I started researching it, and I'm like, 
remember the old dead spin? They were like the cool guys on the block before Barstool Sports. Yeah, right. They I used to, Deadspin used to Deadspin has a bunch of articles on him. People would call in and write emails and articles about him, like, "Hey, I'm on campus. Quinn Snyder is at my frat party. He's doing that stuff upstairs, and he's with a bunch of girls and players. And but hey, swept under the rug. He didn't get too uh, bastardized because he landed a bigger job with more money in, uh, of all places, in uh, Mormonville out in Salt Lake City. So can't make sense of that. But uh, different different skin tone of uh, Udoka, so I wouldn't say Stephen Smith is totally out of bounds. Yeah, but I mean, here's the, here's the thing. Regardless of race, though, I hate doing that because it, it shouldn't be about if, that. It shouldn't be about yeah, because if if yeah. a coach does something wrong, whether they're white, they're black, Asian, I don't care if Hispanic, they're Asian or Puerto Rican, whatever. No, right? Yeah. If they do it wrong, or if they do something wrong, like like, or I shouldn't say wrong because I mean it's Ime's, you know, it's Ime's decision to do whatever he whatever he's doing. Uh, yeah. But if 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 it's his decision, the blame should be put on him. Don't be don't be saying, oh, this is a you know this is on the Celtics because this is a you know this is all about race and we know that Boston hates blacks. Even though I don't know, they had a uh, they treated Doc That's Rivers awful. like he was a king. They I, treated yeah, Doc Rivers hate, like he I was a king. That. That's a yeah. tired story. You think you think any of the I mean, most of the front office and most of the fans weren't around when racism was rampant. And sure, they had that stigma, but uh, they right. had some glorious teams: Paul Pierce, Kevin Garnett. I mean, I mean, Bill Russell. Let's go back to the old school. Sure. Yeah, there were undertones of racism. I mean, that's what it is. There were undertones of racism in most parts of the country. So, I, I mean, I really yeah. hate that stigma. I mean, look at Big Poppy or, uh, you know, they just traded for Tommy Pham. Exactly. Racist. I think it, it's an undertone of the past, so it's very unfair to label them. But it's stigmas like that, they smell, you know, the, the smell lingers for decades, I guess. Yeah, and it's unfortunate. I don't. I don't think of Boston. I, you know, if I think of racism, I look at uh, certain people down south, and it, it, I think things are improving on, on a sports landscape. I'm not going to touch politics, but uh, yeah, I, I definitely mean, don't I, think Boston is now a racist place. I don't. I don't agree with that. As Boston being labeled as that. I know. I mean. I mean, it's unfor- It's unfortunate that there have been some unfortunate incidents that have happened yeah, sure. sporadically over over the past couple of years. Uh, like I know for Boston, uh, they had Boston fans chanting racial slurs. At, I think it was Adam Jones from the uh, Boston yeah, Orioles. I heard about that. In the Pac-Man? Uh, I don't know. I don't think there was, was a group chant though per se. I think it was like three or four hammered uh, idiots. Yeah, yeah, that's, like, it, yeah, that's what it was. yells. At. If you're in a stadium, are you suddenly a racist because you were two sections down? Uh, with your wife, and then now uh, the whole section's a racist, like bullshit yeah, for the I rest know. of people that aren't racist. But it's a volatile. Yeah. It's always gonna be a volatile topic, so it's it's very. Yeah, it's, it always will be. Uh, yeah, but, you not, know what? that'll never change. So so now that we don't, so now that Udoka is suspended, uh, they have put in Joe Mazzula, who was an assistant coach not just under Udoka but also under Brad Stevens. Uh, Joe Mazzula has been named the interim head coach as uh, basically his, you know, his first head coaching gig in the NBA. 
after being an assistant for three to four years with Boston. Uh, what do you, what do you think, Alex, uh, about the Celtics now moving forward? I mean, they were considered to be one of the front runners to potentially win the title this year. Absolutely, and you know me, I'm a huge. Uh, I, I can't lie and say I'm huge in the college football. I know what I know, and I know uh, I know NBA basketball, and I respect the Celtics a lot. And not before we even um, charge forward and focus on what you just asked about. The fact that the Time Lord is out, I just read the news today. Time Lord, one of their biggest key pieces, is out for, I think, about two yeah. or three months. And then, obviously, before uh, before even entered the, uh, stepped onto the hardwood, uh, Gallinari was like a dream that never happened. He's out for the year. So they're, they're getting some yeah. stuff going on right now, on and off the court. I yeah. don't know it, enough it, about it really I, I can, I can I can only uh, presume that the brass, the ownership there is putting the right guy in charge. So I, and a thing like this, you don't want to suddenly bring in a Chuck Daly or a Pat, you know, you don't want to bring in some random guy from another team or from retirement. So they're keeping it close to, right. close to home. So this guy, I, I take it as a, as a long time, what was he, an assistant coach? The players. Know. Yeah. Uh, he was, he yeah, was, uh, he was the, he was a first time assistant coach. Uh, in 2019 when Brad Stevens brought him in, back when Brad okay. Stevens was still the coach. Yeah, because obviously Adoka didn't leave because he wanted to. So they have to, yeah. just, you know, they want to, they want to, you don't want to totally shake everything up because everyone's already shook up. <laughs> so you want to yeah, right. kind of make the transition to someone else as seamless and as smooth and insignificant as possible. So you want the players to go, go to practice the first day with someone they know because they were damn close to that championship. There's, there's no exactly. rebuild in Beantown. There's yeah. no rebuild in Boston. So it's like, you got to keep, you know, the captain of the ship is off the, the ship for a year. You have to put the second in command right there leading the way. Right. Now, so there's no I, need, I mean, what there's are, no what need, are there's no need to hit the panic button. There's no, there's no need to hit the panic button. I'm sorry. I'm done. No, I get So what, what are, what are your thoughts, uh, for for this year's team uh, with, with Missoula now at the at the helm, do you think that he may try to keep Ime's system in place with uh, so that you know maybe perhaps maybe perhaps there's a lot of familiarity uh, for the players, or do yeah. you think he might try to institute his own system? No, I think two things that support the fact that he's going to keep the truck running on the same route is that. Uh, they were very close, so it's already a system that works. And he was internal, so he's learned under Adoka. And lastly, and maybe most importantly, he's probably going to be under I, – I don't think Adoka is going to actually be able to come back from this, maybe. But no. he got handpicked for a reason. So he's not going to come in with some, uh, you know, Steve Kerr, some fast break offense suddenly. I think everything's going to be status quo from a uh, strategic X's and O's standpoint. Otherwise, they would have brought in someone else. I think the ownership probably wants the closest thing to Odoka as possible, so they they pick the next guy up. Right internally and internally. Yeah, again, if they, and, and if, from, if they were five hundred, if they were a five hundred, if they were a five hundred team, or if Odoka passed away, there's so much uncertainty. They just want to kind of keep things moving forward because they were so damn close. Right, and from what I read uh, as well is that. According to a NBA agent who is 
in who is you know in touch with a lot of the uh a lot of the working workarounds in uh in the NBA he's basically said that there's no way that Ime Udoka will be able to coach ever again in the NBA well, that's, well, there you go. that's the sentiment that that's the sentiment amongst fellow NBA teams that wow and you're a boss there's you, you can sorry Steve go for it well, I, I was I was just gonna, I was just going to finish by saying that you know the 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 sentiment is that uh, Ime basically screwed himself with this mm-hmm. uh, with this scandal, and that there's no way that no team is going to want to pick him up now with that baggage. So yeah, I would give it a few years. I, he didn't he didn't get arrested. He didn't. Uh, I even hate using the word, but he didn't uh, rap. He I, it wasn't like it was. It was very questionable, but you know he didn't drive drunk and injure a kid. There's, I'm not minimizing it, but there is a list of things that are much, much worse than this. I, right. If you gave me a crystal ball I'd, or 50 bucks on the on the table, I'd bet, you know, within a couple of years he might do the. I mean, look at John Lucas or there's players who who failed drug tests or Kareem Hunt. You know, there there's different situations. So as long as it's not Getting going to get much worse than what, what you've just shared the last 20 minutes. I think in a couple of years, he's an assistant coach. And then maybe in five years, he could be a head coach again. I, I don't, I don't know how this blackballs him and totally, totally eliminates him from future consideration. I mean, do you think it's that, that brazen, that, that horrendous? Bad. It's not like, holy I do. shit. You, you, you think so, Lou? Yeah. I don't know if anybody, do you think anybody would pick him up? And Michael Michael Vick came back and played for the Eagles what yeah. a year later after, and that that sounded a lot worse. If I had two choices, I would, this one is not as bad as Michael Vick. I don't know. And as far as far as the uh, Robert Williams, as far as the Robert Williams news goes, uh, this is the second botched uh, diagnosis that the Celtics have given this off season. The first one was Danilo Gallinari where immediately originally they said that the ACL was intact. And then all of a sudden they said, Oh wait, no, the ACL isn't intact and he has to undergo surgery and will be out for the entire year. Originally <laughs> they said, okay, Robert Williams is going to undergo, uh, is going to undergo a procedure. He'll be out for four to six weeks. Now, all of a sudden, it's jumped to 8 to 12 weeks because they are going to remove loose bodies in his knee as well as address the swelling in his knee. And now he will be expected to return to basketball activities in anywhere from 8 to 12 weeks, which to me, that's a a very considerable loss for that much time for Boston. And not only that, that's that's the best I'm sorry, that that's well you're you're you know more about the South to me. From a blind man can see he's the the most important uh overall from from a fan, franchise standpoint, not trying to win a game tomorrow, but long term. Al Horford and Gallinari who never even played, they uh, now now it's just you went from Time Lord and then Gallinari, I'd probably put him Almost equal to Horford. I like Gallinari a lot. I mean, at least as a sixth or seventh man, that's huge. And now you're just left with Horford. So yeah, that's that's a huge hit. They've been hit twice there on the court, and then a massive 
controversy off the court. And they were right there. That goes to show. I mean, look at the Bengals at 0-2. When you get to that uh, center stage, the, the grand moment, like, it's very hard to get back. Right. Everyone thought the Celtics and were going to probably be back. I, I still love the Celtics. I, I respect the heck out of them. But, you know, everything is – every day-to-day things change. Once you get there, you got to capitalize. I thought they were going to win the championship, yeah. too. And now it's not it's, – yeah. their roster is not as good. And they have a lot of controversy. And they have a brand new head coach, so it's like uh, it's not going to get easier next year. And now, and now because of this, that means that well, first off, Al Horford was already starting to begin with; he's the starting power forward. But now that sure, means sure. that basically Grant will that means that go Grant small. Williams is going to be Grant Williams is going to be probably the starting center unless they move Horford to center and they put Williams at the four instead of Horford. Yeah, um, or they can the, go back think, to what, or they can go back to what wasn't working and have Tatum at the four. But they were better when they were bigger, as you no, know. They won't do that. They were better with yeah. Tatum at the three and Brown at the two. Here's my so, here's my uh, thinking, and I love though. Yeah, what's up? What do you yeah. think? My thinking my thinking is uh, one of the one of the centers that really excelled in the summer league this year. Now, granted, this is the summer league. This is you know. This this isn't the main uh, NBA, but in the summer league, um, there was a center by the name of Mifiandu Cabangale, who originally was from the Clippers, but then he became part of the Boston Celtics summer league team. He excelled big time, posting, uh, I think he averaged a double-double in the summer league this, uh, this summer. This may potentially, because of the fact that the Celtics have not addressed this situa- the uh, the big man situation with the Robert Williams and uh, Danilo Gallinari news, that means oh, yeah. that they're, basically their depth is now Al Horford, followed by Grant Williams, who both are going to be in the starting lineup probably. This means that either A, they're going to have to go small, or B, they're going to have to put in Luke Cornett, which let's face it, I don't think Cornett is going to be seeing meaningful minutes. Uh, I mean, no. or the, the, Knicks, the Knicks were starved for big help before Mitchell Robinson, and Cornett was cut by the Knicks. So let's let's yeah. put that uh, pipe dream to rest. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And, and so, so the Please other do. option, the other option is to put in uh, Cabin Galley who has played uh, in 39 games. I I believe he played in 39 games last year. I could be wrong, but I think it was 39 games. Wait, hang on. Yeah, 39 games between between the Cavaliers and the Clippers. I know where I'm going to go with this uh, way to fix their big man man, uh, deficiency, their void. How to fill the void? They have a new point guard who can actually shoot threes and doesn't dribble uh, out of control sometimes. Malcolm Brogdon, start him. Hey, guess who can be on the block? Trade him. Trade him for a big, Marcus Smart. Mm -hmm. You can get a big man uh, by midnight tonight if you offered Marcus Smart out in the market. You can get a big man tonight. I could definitely see that. GMs GMs would call him right now if they said they quietly said Marcus Smart's available. They've been trying to get him. My problem, my problem with 
My problem with that, though, is I th- I don't think the Celtics want to trade him because of the fact no. that he's seen right. he's seen by many as the heart and soul of this Celtics team, and I think the fear breakup. is, yeah, I think the fear is that if they trade him, that may that may make uh, Brown and Tatum be like, what the fuck are we doing here? And it also might be a ripple effect. He rubs off. He he leads the way. He he's infectious. You know that. I mean, yeah. It's not just his stat line. What twelve points a game, four assists, turnovers. Oh my god! The the the, the kind of novice amateur fans. Oh, he turned it up, dude. That guy is such a positive impact. He his ripple effect. He makes Brown and Tatum and everyone better, and and tougher defenders. So yeah, I mean, it's a lot bigger than just his stat line. I, but if you gave him up, he, he can get a Miles Turner tonight. I would. I mean, they would. Yeah, and well, maybe not. Uh, and maybe also, not the Pacers because they have Halliburton. But you get my point. You can get a really good big man for him. Not not the Pacers. They're already right. loaded with the uh, guards. But you can right. get and someone. Also, and also, you know, another thing. Another thing too is that I think it was Danny Ainge who didn't like Turner, but Brad Stevens did. So that could potentially yeah. be an option. They ain't like anybody. He's a big, uh, big, big talent guy that just every year, oh, yeah, this is going to be the year. And then he, he plays uh, 35 games, doesn't really play a lot of defense. Oh, next year he's going to be great. And then he's always on the block. Yeah. He's not – I don't think the Pacers are in love with him. I mean, I wouldn't uh, move move mountains to get a Miles Turner. No. He's a, he's a good big man. But poten- potential is the most dangerous word in sports. And that guy's been yeah. living off the word potential for like five years. Next thing you know, he's going to be 30. When, when, right. when's, when's this year going to be the year for that guy? I mean, right. Lou, what are your what are your thoughts on this, Lou? Where where do you think the Celtics go here with uh, with the big issue with the uh, the issue with the big men? Now that they are in desperate need of depth, do you think do you think that they might go with what Alex is suggesting that maybe perhaps uh, they may look at Mike uh, at Marcus Smart as being expendable now? With Malcolm Brogdon mm-hmm. being brought in, I think probably that would be the, the wise move right there. I mean, I see this with I, I can't picture him being with the Celtics. You know, I was, I was just thinking that. So Steve might have Steve might have something there. I mean, I was trying something there. <laughs> yeah, it's. I don't. Th- I, don't think I was just thinking the same up. thing. Well, I, I just don't think that. Um, well, so the the. Uh, the one thing the Pacers have going for them is they have um, – darn it, who's the really good shooting guard they got last year in the draft? Just a smart, good player, like a B-plus player, not a superstar. Right. They have him paired with um, – with obviously with Halliburton. Yeah. The Pacers have a really good young backcourt. I'm trying, what, is, what the heck is his name? Steve, are you privy to that? Can you look up real quick the Pacers? Uh, um, shooting guard. He was like an old – like tw- he's like a 22-year, uh, four-year player, 22-year-old. He came in right away and what? scored like 13 a game. What, was it? Oh, wait a minute! Wait a minute! No, this is this was They're this year. Guards. Hang on, let me look. Yeah, and they, I, and I they know. Moved, they moved Buddy Held. They moved Buddy Held and slot, slid him right into the starting lineup. So Halliburton, I know, is on. starting with that guy. They're both. Hang like on, let me long, let me look at last tall. year's. They're both tall, kind Duarte? of gangly. Uh, what's that? Was it Duarte? Was it Duarte? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Chris Duarte. Yeah, Chris Duarte. Oh yeah, Duarte. Duarte and Halliburton. That's a nice. They're both like six five. And then, like, smart, kind of, like, rangy. That's a good backcourt. I don't think they're bringing in Marcus Smart. Maybe they could. I don't know. Uh, no, they I need that because they just moved Sabonis. 
So now if they move Turner, they probably need a big back. Yeah. So I don't know if that's yeah. the best trade partner, but I mean the Celtics could use Turner. What would the maybe the Pacers would want Grant Williams? Great Turner. That, there you yeah, go. and the, here's I the, don't think the Pacers want a guard back. The Pacers could use a big man who's not a big man, big man like a like a Grant Williams. And here's the thing: if they take if they if they if they trade for Turner, there's no way in hell they're giving them a big man back in return. Because well, uh, why you, you trade give him Grant why, Williams? Give him, give him Grant yeah, Williams. Yeah, but what I'm then saying you, though, at least you have a five and a four. You have Horford and uh, Turner. What I'm saying though is why trade why trade for depth. Well, let's face it. Turner is not going to be depth. Depth. Uh, Turner would be no. the starting center, and then, uh, and then you know uh, Williams would go back to being depth. But why well, would you trade from for Turner? Starting... Well, Steve, your starting lineup would be better, and it, well, it would be bigger. I don't think Grant Williams is a starter. I mean, he's like six five, no. six six, two fifty, and he's not mm-hmm. Charles Barkley. I, I, I wouldn't feel. I don't think a championship yeah. team starts uh, Grant Williams. A championship no, but team what I'm saying is Turner. though. What I'm saying is, though, if you even if you get Turner for Williams, you're still in the same yeah. position where you were. I mean, yeah, your your starting lineup has improved, but now you have but no depth have at the big position. Yeah, yeah, so then you probably have to move a draft pick, and then then you have, like you said, you probably have to. I mean, Grant Williams is a great sixth or seventh man, so you still have to. I, I don't know. I know it sounds like a, a kind of a jerk thing to say, but I'd rather have to yeah. improve right. my sixth or seventh man than my starting center. Maybe there's another move, though. Let's look at other rosters that have a big man that could use a market smart. There's a million of – there's got to be 10 teams that would take market smart this weekend. I mean, there's got to be a big man out there. Yeah. Yeah. The Pacers backup. I mean, uh, what is his name? Big Hood? Some, uh, he's Matazzi? a uh, – uh, Yeah, he's a Lithuanian or a Yugoslavian guy. Yeah, I mean, he's Matazzi. They, they, uh, Goga. I think it's exactly. Goga Kevin, Yeah, Kevin Pritchard. I used to like him a lot back in the Blazers when they had, like, Brandon right. Roy and Aldridge. He's obviously, as you guys know, now he's one of the Pacers. He was, like, right. salivating and gushing, ooh and eyeing over that guy. And he's he's been injured a lot. He's like a, you know, a letter sheet of uh, Miles Turner. <laughs> Two peas in a pod. They're both, like, full of potential. They never do a damn thing. You could probably get him for – obviously, you could get him for less than Miles Turner. They didn't lose Time Lord forever. So I no. maybe they move I don't know. Who's the best who's the seventh, eighth man on the Celtics? Who would the Pacers want? You gotta give to get. I mean they're only, you only could so many probably gonna give up two you're gonna give up two number ones for, for a big man? No, cons- considering Batadze is significantly lower on the value scale. I would say I'd give maybe a you could yeah. probably I'd, you could get your first round pick. Well, I wouldn't say that. I would actually say you could probably go with like Peyton Pritchard and a second round pick, and that could possibly get it done. I love Pritchard. Yeah. So do sure I. Kevin but Pritchard I think it could possibly get it done though. Indiana grassroots uh, Midwest, they'd like a little uh, Peyton Pritchard out there. Uh, yeah, I mean, Goga, I, I wish I could pronounce his name. I'd win the lotto. Bilovac, Badovic, I couldn't take me five years to pronounce his name. 
he's uh, but Ty, but I mean, I would – well, I would – I would, I think Pritchard's a better ball player than him, but size wins in the NBA. You could probably right. swap them straight up. Because then Pritchard would slot in as a third guard, a.k.a. sixth or seventh man for the Pacers. You know what? I know what I, I think I the Pacers, the Pacers would do that. The Pacers would do that straight up, one for one. Pritchard for uh, I just Gogo. thought I, I just thought about this. Uh, there is one person who's trying to make an NBA comeback, who is a former yeah. Boston Celtic. Ron Artest. Aaron Baines. I'm kidding. Aaron oh, Baines. Uh, perfect. Perfect. Artest. And Forget start it. him. Do not do not move Tatum back to playing down low. Keep the wings the same. Keep Brown. Yeah, that's the thing. You have to, despite them losing these big men, they cannot go small again. That was not working. You got to keep Tatum yeah. and Brown on the, out of the wings. You have to add someone with Horford. They have to fill that void through trade. I mean, ba- or Baines, uh, Baines would be perfect. Baines has suffered. He suffered a spinal cord injury in the Tokyo Olympics, and he's oh, yeah. been making he's been making a recovery basically ever since he uh he just recently played uh for the brisbane bullets i think it was like either last sunday or the sunday before that but he had 14 points and six rebounds in just 13 minutes of playing so you know he's making he's making a road to recovery basically yeah yeah, I mean, that guy, yeah, he's serviceable. And the cool thing, you know, the, the one one good silver lining point of optimism the Celtics can ride into glory right now, ride in the sunset. Either way, Time Lord is not suspended for the year. Time Lord didn't leave. Time Lord didn't break his neck. You know, Time Lord's out for two or three months. Baines is familiar yeah. with the system. He's a crowd favorite. That's a no-brainer. I'm, I'm, and and they, they're, uh, they're working the phones right now. <laughs> you know the Celtics right, yeah. on his agent. Yeah, yeah. Because he's a familiar fit. I mean, that's that's a no-brainer. Now, uh, elsewhere yeah. throughout the league, uh, the New Orleans Pelicans they agreed to a contract extension with their star guard C.J. McCollum, uh, two years, about sixty-four million dollars, which will take him through oh, yeah. the twenty twenty-five twenty twenty-six season. So his new deal. Uh, will it will basically make his contract four years, 133 mil, essentially. Yeah. Also, that player. Yeah, that wrap. I don't know. I, I watched him, him many a time. Yeah, I mean, I'm a massive Blazer fan. I used to. I, I and Dame Lillard like recruited him to Portland. They're both smaller guys. They're both from small schools. Yeah. It was love at first sight for those two. They, they were going to be the. The smallest backcourt to ever, you know, right. win championships. They're, they're best friends still. Uh, it was not working out, so I'm glad they moved him. They should have gotten more for him. They got Josh Hart and a couple other draft picks. They should have gotten more. That's what's done is done. We got to move on. Uh, he's he's not he's not a uh, I wouldn't say a perennial all star. I think he he looks great no. and sounds great. He's obviously got a big future career. He's a very smart guy. He's very eloquent. He's a great guy. He takes bad shots. He doesn't pass well. He, he gets lit on defense. He gets torched. Really right. talented. Uh, you know, so he's a good role player. Well, I would say he's a second or third. See, I mean, what do you guys think? Is he a second guy, a third guy? No. He's got a lot of deficiencies in his game, uh, holes in his game. Yeah. Right. Like, specifically on specifically on the Pelicans, I would put Brandon Ingram above him. 
I would yeah, probably yeah. put when when he's healthy, I would put Zion Williamson over him. But yeah, still, he's the third guy there. You know, Zion Williamson. He, he may be the third guy. He may be the third guy, but that uh, you you know you could potentially <laughs> look at that at that roster and say, oh, that could be potentially a big three of Ingram, McCollum, and Williamson. Oh yeah. Then you have their big man, and then you have um, Herbert Jones. I didn't really know much about him. He's like all-world defense. They had some great draft picks. And then Jackson Hayes, when he's not tasing cops or getting tased, he's a talented <laughs> big man. Um, <laughs> no, I'm just joking around. No, honestly, I don't have yeah. – I'm going to sit down in about five minutes. I just was uh, outside for a second. Um, they, have, they have some good pieces. It's not just about the big three. They have a really talented roster. Right. Now Zion's a right. you know a walk a human question mark like a walking billboard with a question mark on him on his back. Who knows? He could score forty or he could uh, eat forty big pounder big you know whoppers next year. If he's in right. shape and actually healthy with a capital H, then they're they could be a top six team. I mean I wouldn't fear them in the in the mighty West. Now the East is getting better too. So I mean they're they're now they're a really good really good franchise. I don't think they have championship dreams. Could you guys see them no. going to the beating Golden State? I Absolutely couldn't. Not. I couldn't, no. no. And, and speaking of us, Golden okay. State, too, speaking of Golden yeah. State as well, not only are they getting Andre Iguodala back for one more year. Oh, come on, man. So he will basically, he will basically take up their 14th roster spot. But He's done. Uh, according to – According to the Athletic, due to the rookie extension rules, uh, if the Warriors do not sign him to an extension by October 17th, Jordan Poole will become a restricted free agent next July. Uh huh. What is that? What does that mean, Steve? So, what was it going to mean before what you just said? What was it supposed to be before that? What implications uh, so does that basically, have? I mean, basically, I don't know the exact thing, but uh, I guess it sounds like that it's basically a fine, more of a financial thing. So that I, I guess yeah. with the rookie with the rookie contract thing, uh, with the new rookie extension rules, uh, okay. He'll become an RFA if he doesn't get signed by the 17th, which will mean that obviously Golden State will be will have the ability to match any offer. They'll match. They'll match ending in everywhere. You know he's not going anywhere because you know Clay and uh, Clay Clay Thompson. He's not a point guard. Clay he's Clay's eventual replacement. Right. Yeah. He's not going anywhere. He's staying in Golden State for the next ten years. Yeah. Which which is why this is big news because uh, the way the way they put it. The way they put it, it sounds like that under the old rules uh, that he could have been able to just sign with another team and Golden State wouldn't have had the opportunity to match. Okay. Yeah. Is what it sounds like. I'm just I'm I'm so ready for someone to to knock off the Warriors, and yet the older I get, the more I let I, I. I, it's impossible for me Speak to hate the team anymore, right? So when I was growing up, I used to say, "Oh, I hate the Lakers." I, you know, obviously I hate the Cowboys. A lot of people either love them or hate them. Now it's like I, you know what? I really respect the Warriors. 
I just wish they would actually stop being so damn good. So it's like now they have pool in place. I love Kaminga. They're they're like quietly reloading their bench while they're winning championships. And, and they're getting wise. And they and remember, you stole the words out of my mouth. They didn't. They didn't, they haven't even gotten the number two picks in that draft yet. Uh, seven seven foot seven footer Wiseman. If he if he's good, oh, Jesus, it could be an upgrade good. down low for them. Yeah, he did. He he's did rough. look good he's in rough. the summer league. He did look good he's in the like summer league. He's like a much league, better, so uh, much better uh, Mitchell Robinson. He's big and long. Do, do, yep. I, do you guys think Wiseman's going to be an all star? Is it like pretty questionable? Uh, potential. It depends on if he can stay healthy yeah. and if he's able to produce. Because, I mean, he, was, he, was, he wasn't looking that bad in his, in his first year. Uh, the problem is, is that he still had a little bit to develop. Like, they immediately started him as their starting center instead of giving him time to develop. You can't do that. So... So maybe if he's now that he's had now that he's had the last the last year or so uh, while he's been injured he's still been able you know to learn the system and everything maybe perhaps now uh, especially if he put on a little more muscle uh, I don't I don't know what he's done this off season but if he did put on a little more muscle maybe perhaps. He may be able to uh, to take more to take better advantage of uh, of some of some players down low. Yeah, I mean, and then uh, then they have Mo- Moises Mo- Moody. How did how did they yep. get those uh, both those number ones? I, I love I really I'm fond of Kaminga. I don't know much about Moody. Remember though, they had two those two number yeah. one picks back uh, to each other like the early to mid first round. I mean, they reloaded yeah, off the, um, one, the one injury of Clay Thompson. They got, like, Moody, Wiseman, and Kaminga. I mean, they pulled, like, a Popovich. They got, like, almost like a Duncan Robinson right there. They reloaded while they were still in contention. Yeah, Moody was, that. Moody, Moody was the next draft. He wasn't the, oh. uh, the same draft. Yeah, yeah, but Moody, like I was, I meant to articulate. I should have described it better. I was just, I'm just astonished they would, they were able to add that much young talent while they were still respectable. Um, right. Moody was in the same draft as Kaminga, so they had two lottery picks right. in the same draft. I'm just trying to figure out what that trade came from. They had two lottery picks after the Wiseman deal, where they almost had the Tim Duncan setup. They, they sucked for one year because of Clay and Seth's injuries, so they got Wiseman, and then the next year they had Kaminga and Moody. I mean, I don't know. Huh. the Warriors. Oh, okay. They're, they're, uh, they're very Kaminga, smart. Which, which were Kaminga the same draft? Came, yes. Yeah. Kaminga. Kaminga came from a trade with the Minnesota Timberwolves. Right. For who? Uh, let me look. It, I mean, uh, I'm assuming they just. I'm assuming they just it fleeced was the, the Wolves because. It it was the D'Angelo Russell trade. So. Oh. Uh, <laughs> it was the trade. It was the trade where Minnesota where Minnesota sent Andrew Wiggins along with a top three protected first round pick and a second round pick in exchange for D'Angelo Russell, Jacob Evans, and Omari Spellman. Wow, robbery! There's certain teams, as you guys know, the front offices yeah. are just so, so much smarter than other front offices. I mean, right? 
chess versus checkers. I don't know. I'm on on a so, side note. I'm watching Ohio State. Ohio State's just absolutely destroying Wisconsin. They they have like third stringers. Just I think uh, 50 guys on their team could play NFL Sundays almost. I mean, good because that's, top, cause that's Alabama, one of my picks. Alabama, yeah, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna veer off uh, the NBA course, but I'm just astonished. And I I put a hundo on them, so life is good. Yeah, I mean Minnesota got fleeced. Now Minnesota with Gobert though. I, go bear yeah. and Towns. I I I'd love to uh, be woken up when someone can tell me that Towns actually has a, a sack and uh, testicles, but he he looks good on stats. I I see him get bitch slapped in the big big moments. So I don't know. Towns is a very polarizing uh, bipolar player, if you will. Yeah. So and there's a, there's be a, there's, been, there's definitely a uh, rivalry going on between him and. Uh, and uh, John ja Morant actually as well. After that <laughs> ja uh, playoff series, that after that playoff ja series so much, that so they much had, tougher. Catch Ohio State, boom. John ja Morant. I mean, I'm not telling you anything you don't know. I mean, John ja Morant's so much tougher and such a ballsier, more badass player than yeah. Towns. I mean, come on. Towns is flopping around, yeah. screaming. Then he says he's the best big man shooter ever. I mean, what planet are you from? Give me some I mean, actually, off, you know, <laughs> you know, you're watching uh you're you're watching Ohio State right now. I'm yeah. actually watching Arkansas and Texas A and M right now on ESPN. It looks like Arkansas What's going on is about there? to take the lead. Uh Arkansas is on fourth down with about they're letting the clock run down to about a minute and a half left. Yeah. It's oh, a, they're letting the clock run down wow. and it's uh Arkansas is going to try to kick the uh, field goal to put them ahead by one. So, all right, I'm changing. I'm just, I was just watching Ohio State because I'm a scoundrel. I was uh, betting on DraftKings. Uh, now I'm going to come back down to uh, reality. Is it on? Well, I actually, uh, you know, you know, and I, I actually, uh, I actually picked Ohio State for one of the uh, one of the pools that I'm in. So, uh, nice. Right now, as as of now, my pick is looking pretty pretty damn good with that score. Well, I just, so, like I like I said, like I mentioned last week, Steve, I just moved. So, like my my new, you know, my roommate, my dog's here. We're all having fun. They're they're out for the night. My buddy and his girlfriend. So I'm like here with uh with my dog here, oh, yeah. hanging out, betting a little bit. Point being, long story short, I don't know the the channels. So I'm like looking for different things. I'm like, what is ESPN here? Shit. Okay. Now we right. got it. Okay, we got Arkansas. Wow. Arkansas. Low scoring. Low scoring, relatively speaking. I mean, 23 to 21. Yeah. I was expecting in the, the, the mid to high 30s for both. Well, that's the SEC for you. Oh! Well, Arkansas is more of a – no way. Dude, oh, He missed God. it. Whoa. It went right off Whoa. the top. <laughs> uh, he's not it's getting bounced. laid for the rest of the wow. year. Wow. Dude, can you imagine being that guy? Yeah, you don't have to run sprints and lift weights. If you're a kicker, you're going to be fucking – someone's going to punch that guy in the butt. Jeez. No, right in the ball. Right in the ball. That's what you're going to get. Right in the oh, ball. my God. Dude. For the I game. cannot believe well, that. I don't think I've ever seen a kick the like that. Do they I don't have think I've ever out? seen a kick like that. I think they utilized – that was yeah, the top I think of the they totem utilized pole. all their timeouts. I think they utilized. Yeah, all I've, their I've never seen that. So was the, that was the totem pole. That was the top of the totem pole. I've never seen that. It was off the top of the bar. Really? 
Yeah, I've never seen that. I have never Look, did you seen see that it? out of all I the just games turned it on. that I've seen. Yeah, I, I, it I, I've top, never seen It hit the top three inches of the yeah. top bar. I've never seen that out of any football game until tonight, out of, out of any football game really? I've ever seen. <laughs> I have never seen so, that somewhere, take place. Somewhere in a dive bar in upstate New York, Scott Norwood is scoffing. He is giggling. He said it wasn't <laughs> my fault. All these years later, Finkel laces out. <laughs> Why? Well, say we'll have that dive from upstate New York and go right now. Oh yeah. Well, man, I mean that's a kicker, man. That's you know people laugh about it. Think, I mean, obviously you got these much bigger, better, superior athletes who are making most of the money, but like they're like grueling, getting hammered, <laughs> getting injured, uh, practicing, lifting. Kickers, you know, they're they're on the side field. They have one job, yeah. but you know what? That's a pressure-packed job, obviously. Okay. If you're the GOAT, but if you miss those, man, there's a lot of pressure there. I mean, that kid, imagine being a college student missing that kick. Yeah. Imagine going to class on Monday. Do you want to go to class Monday? Dude, I mean. The, if you were smart, you wouldn't show your face in public again. Kids ruined. And I, I never like to go to class on Mondays, but that's a different story. Yeah. I am still, I, I'm just dumbfounded right now. Now he has a reason not to go to seeing class. that play. By seeing that play, yeah, I, I have never – and somebody even put on Twitter <laughs> in my 44 in my forty four years of life – somebody said this on Twitter. In my, in my 44 years of life, I have never seen a football do that. It hit It didn't deflect. It didn't, it didn't come back like a boomerang either. It, it popped up. That was absolutely yeah. out of control. I, you could never – you could live another 50 years. You will not see a kick like that. No. The top, I mean, the wow. The top of the top right. Yeah, you know, even media members are saying I have never – we have never seen that before at any level. I, I, I am just dumbfounded completely by that. But – uh, speaking of football, though, uh, what a performance this past week by Tua Tungavailoa, tying oh, yeah. Bob yeah. Grease and Dan Marino for the Miami Dolphins record with six touchdowns in a single game, which Marino last, last accomplished that feat back in 1986. Uh, Amazing. The Dolphins, the Dolphins coming back to beat coming the Ravens 42-38. to 38. Oh yeah. Now, guys, did, this, you, did you um, did you see most of the game? I watched highlights. Let's be honest. You know, yeah, I'm not rooting against him. I another yeah. Bama guy who was who actually was displaced because of Tua Hurst. I, I like Tua. I'm rooting for the guy because he gets a lot of shit in the media. Pardon my French. Was he throwing bombs yeah. or was he throwing uh, five yard out passes to uh, Waddle and bombs and Tyreek? Because he has yeah. now he has two guys. That can run 90 mm-hmm. yards, and it's called a 90-yard pass. I mean, what was yeah. it? Bombs. 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 Wow. See what? But I've 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 yeah. heard he cannot do that for two years now. So now he suddenly has a big golden arm. Jesus. Well, one of the one of them one of them was completely yeah. wide open. For some reason, the defense absolutely forgot about Tyreek Hill, and yeah. one of not, those not bombs. The guy you want to just, 
And they yeah. shipped and one of the bombs just just went right into his hand, and he's like, "Oh, don't mind if I do." And he could have walked <laughs> into the end zone, basically. So it must That's be play call. How open year. he was. Because I remember watching you guys. Remember too, I'm sure you remember watching last year Miami. It would be like third and ten, and every single yeah. damn play, Tua would throw like a two yard screen. Like it was almost like his arm was broken, or he was not allowed or not capable of throwing deep. It was mystifying last year, and now he's now he's suddenly reborn. Interesting. Yeah, it, it's really uh, you know I said this I said this new coach, uh, last new week. New head coach. New head coach. I said I said. Yeah, that, that's the, that's the thing too is the fact that they have a new they have a new head coach Mike McDaniel who uh, is clearly from these first two weeks he is not afraid to uh, to make ballsy moves. Uh, I, I know some of the like some of the uh, plays. Yeah, the guy looks like he's a junior at like uh, UConn, ready ready to play Call of Duty. The guy looks great. Yeah, I'm rooting for the guy. Looks like an intern. And actually, you know, I was going to look up the stats, but NFL.com doesn't even have the stats anymore. So, uh, okay. I guess I guess it was so game breaking that the uh, <laughs> that they complete uh, Miami outscored Baltimore twenty-eight to three in the fourth quarter to win. Well, yeah, they're playing uh, Buffalo, so good luck with that. And well, here's the thing, though. Here's the thing, though. Buffalo, they're gonna, gonna they're gonna come like a high. They're gonna come to a non. They're gonna hammer him all day. I think the Bills are gonna be without Micah Hyde, though. And they already don't have uh, Tre'Davious White, so now they have two of their best four uh, secondary members out. So they're inviting yeah, uh, Tua to air it out. Yeah, because Micah Hyde is out for the season now. Yes, with a neck yeah, that's injury. That's what you call a. Uh, so, that's what you call a bunch of uh, hungover or still drunk or drinking or whatever. Aggressively oh, yeah. uh, betting, betting people on a Sunday, they're gonna wake up tomorrow and and be like, oh yeah, dude, Buffalo is gonna roll them. That's a game where Miami's gonna either win well, or cover. Miami's gonna cover that game. I can already smell it. I think I'm they not are touching now that with the injuries to Buffalo. I think Miami is a very. I'm not touching now. that game. No, I, I I would take Miami if I had to. I'm not I'm not betting that game at all. Right. Yeah, and I'm I'm looking at the uh, I'm looking at the injury report right now. Jordan Phillips is out for Buffalo with a hamstring. Ed Oliver oh, is out for huge, Buffalo huge, with huge. an ankle. Yeah, Ed Oliver is yeah. out with Sorry, an Jordan, ankle Jordan injury. Jordan Phillips is like the key to their. He's the uh, anchor to their run defense. Yeah, so they're going to have no run defense basically with both Phillips and Oliver both out. Yeah, Ed Oliver. Yeah, so the, both their, their yeah. interior line is shot, and now you got two out of their best three uh, secondary members and a red hot Tua. So what that spells is Miami uh, upset tomorrow. That's in Miami, right? And uh, yeah, they're in Miami. Yeah, I mean, I I think if I had to, I'm not touching that game. I if I had to, I what do you guys think? I, I'm taking Miami there to win that game. I would probably go with uh, well. Wait a minute. Let me see. What is the spread? I think and, the and spread. The Bills, but the Bills are so damn good, though. The Bills are so good. They're looking so good. Yeah. Uh, another thing too is that uh, there are certain players who are questionable as well. Gabe Davis, who missed last yep. week with an ankle injury, he's questionable. Who is Dave Davis? Mitch Morse. Who's that? Uh, he's uh, the second the second string receiver. 
uh, apart from oh, oh, Stephon sorry, Diggs. Steve. I'm so sorry, dude. Uh, that's totally ridiculous for me. I thought you were saying Dave Davis. Yeah, Gabe. Gabe oh no, I Davis. Yeah, G- G- Gabriel G-A-B-E Davis. Is yeah. Awesome. yeah, Gabe Davis is awesome. I was like, who's Dave Davis? Davis right. <laughs> Davey Davis. <laughs> Dave Winfield. But uh, the Bills are pretty banged up, though. Ga- Gabriel Davis yeah. is still questionable with his ankle. Dawson Knox is questionable with a foot. Mitch Morse, their starting center, is questionable with his elbow injury. Jordan Poyer wow. is questionable with his foot injury. The other well, team is a match unit. Now, they have, now you might have 75% of Buffalo's secondary out versus a red-hot throwing quarterback. Versus a bad uh, weak secondary. I mean, Buffalo is obviously a yeah. squad, but there's a lot of injuries. And look at the other big thing: momentum. Tua Tua's thrown like Joe yeah. Montana suddenly. Yeah, I'm thinking. I, yeah, I don't think I'm touching them. But if I had to, gun on my head, Miami. And also, See, do you ever uh, go through uh, Jack- NFL? Do you ever go through? Do you ever go through NFL picks real quick, like pick by pick? For like ten minutes. Uh, we used to, we used to, but we can, you know, we can do that uh, now okay. if we want, uh, if you want to. Yeah, do it now. No, Steve, Steve, I would never like, whatever. I was throwing it out there. I probably oh, no. just like emailed you. No, I was just like a random oh, idea no, that's like, all right. for the future or for where, whenever, whatever. Yeah, I mean, yeah, we can, you know, we can, uh, we can, we can start to do that again. We used to do that. Uh, right. I, you know, honestly, I don't, I don't know why I stopped doing that for some reason. It'd be cool, like you know what I mean. Um, uh, you know, night before, night before Sunday, nice little segment, yeah. like nice little piece of the uh, puzzle. Well, you know yeah. what? Let's start, let's start it, let's start it up again tonight because uh, why not? Obviously. I mean, we'll 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 you know we'll, we'll start off with with the Bills in Miami. I probably have Miami on this one because uh, the only way I feel that Buffalo will be able to to uh, gut this one out is if Josh Allen has one of those games where he's absolutely unstoppable. But cool. Miami's defense is probably one of the better defenses in the league. So and they play great at home. And they and they want a piece yeah. of uh, Josh Allen too. They want to they want to make a statement. Yeah, I'm still going to go Buffalo. Yeah. What's the spread? You're, you're sticking. You're sticking with Buffalo. Are we incorporating the uh, point spread? Yes. What's the spread? Six. Um, I think it's it's Miami plus six. I think. Yeah, I think. I think right be now Steve. I can look it up too if you if you can look it up look up the spread for all the it's games. It's five. It's yeah, five. Yeah, have the okay. scoreboard up for NFL. Have the scoreboard up for tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, it's it's um, uh, it's it's Buffalo Buffalo by five is the uh, the spread. So you like I Miami? What what kind of game? What kind of game? Low scoring or high scoring? I think it'll be high. Yep. I think with Buffalo those injuries, it's gonna be low. Buffalo secondary uh, Well, with all the injuries piling up, I think it is going to be a low-scoring game. Lou, the, most of the injuries though are on Buffalo's defense. That that well, swings the door open well. for uh, Miami points. I don't know. I, I mean, who is going to be thrown against the uh, injured defense? I don't know. I don't, I don't think Miami's offense can handle it. I think it's going to be a low-scoring game. I was got a good defense, so I still think they're going to be able to outtake. <laughs> I like that take. I, like I that. mean, That's it's cool. possible. It's it it is possible. I mean, we yeah. have seen Tua make some. We Thank have you. seen Tua make some incredibly stupid decisions. 
Yeah, let's in, not fall uh, in love with it. Let's not let's not act like he's uh, John Elway off of uh, fucking three part of uh, the no, no. For about three hours. No, three hours enough. looking good. He looked good for yeah. three hours. Okay, it's been three years. Okay, let's let's keep him in perspective. Right. Baby steps with him. He's not going to be uh, yeah, right. you know, Randall Cunningham suddenly. He could. But what, what do you what, what do you think though, Alex? Uh, I think the Bills are going to win the game. I don't know about the spread. I think it'll be like a. 27 to 24. I don't like Dallas Knox is out. Uh, Gabe Davis is for the Bills. They have weapons, as you guys know. Um, Josh yeah. Allen is the biggest weapon. He can he can make, you know, lemonade out of anything. So and I another think the thing, Bills are going to score. Yeah, no, no, Steve, I actually agree with you because the Bills are going to score on the old school Bears or Miami or Eagles or Giants with LT. The Bills, this Bills offense can score on anyone. But they're missing Gabe Davis. It's huge. Yeah, Dallas Knox is nice. Let's be honest, though. Dallas Knox is like a fourth or fifth option. Josh Allen's not losing sleep tonight uh, without him. Right. He has other weapons. You know, he obviously has Stephon Diggs as good as any receiver right now playing. Um, but their defense is totally kind of uh, at the moment they're they're really uh, handcuffed. They're limited uh, as far as yeah. injuries. So red hot Tua, high scoring. I'd see like a thirty-one yeah, to right. thirty-one to twenty-eight, like last minute. I think Josh Allen kind of pulls it out at the end, just because I think overall they're a little bit they're they're better than the Dolphins. Yeah, and and also another thing too is David Davis isn't necessarily out; he's questionable right now, but he did okay. miss last week. So oh okay, interesting. So, I mean, it is possible that he does end up nice playing. They have some nice weapons. They don't have, a, they don't have a bell cow running back, but they don't need one because, you know what, Josh Allen's their best right. running back. So, yeah. But, I honestly, I mean, though, yeah. I think I think the Dolphins, though, are going to are, are, are going to be able to capitalize on the loss of Micah Hyde. And I have a feeling they may try to exploit oh, yeah. that part of the field. Well, yeah, and Tredavis White, too. And then, like you said, if Poyer's questionable, if anyone player's questionable, yeah, if they suit up, great. But the the, the uh, availability, I mean, if someone suits up, as you guys know, so now he's a little bit vulnerable to getting beat. And then you're already missing Buffalo's probably bu- bu- Buffalo's best defender is their other corner, Tredavious White. Now they're, they're missing probably at least 50% of their secondary. And two is red hot. Right. So I see a lot of points. I, I think, honestly, Buffalo wins but doesn't cover. It's gonna be. I think it's going to be a shootout because two is red hot facing a weak, injured, uh, suddenly suddenly weak because of injury, uh, uh, an injured uh, secondary. Right. In Miami, this is a huge oh. prove-it game for them. This is, this is Miami's uh, Super Bowl. It's a brand-new coach. So, I mean, these guys are going to be fired up, ready to fucking run through a wall. Buffalo's right. already like doing well. Yeah. Buffalo's obviously on a mission, but they've had a huge. Uh, they're due for a come down. You can't play 100 miles an hour every week. You know what I mean? Buffalo's been through what they're on prime time two weeks in a row. Huge yeah. wins. Now they're going to Miami. They might be like a the, the old fat cat, like a little hungover, a little fat, little content. Miami's like right. the underdog coming in. Miami has a lot more to prove than Buffalo. So I'd take. Right. For the point spread now, actually, Steve, my official pick, Miami. 
Okay. Yeah, that you know, that being said, I think with it being Miami five covered. with it being five points, I think Miami could goal. potentially Field cover. Field goal Field late. Goal. Field goal late. Buffalo I think wins. Miami covers. I'm going Miami. Alright. Yeah, I I would uh, you know, I agree. I actually think Miami may win outright. Just simply I because you're not actually the big the big thing well, that you have to keep into that you have to take into account is Jalen Waddle and yeah it's just, you know not just not just the duo of Jalen Waddle and Tyreek Hill but also terrified you know we see we see what happens when the Patriots go down to Miami every single year you know oh, yeah. a team they get that fucking, it's, like, uh, playing, it's like fucking going to the Bermuda Triangle they get fucking lost. Yeah, it's a team a team that usually play that's used to playing in cold weather like the Bills and all of a sudden they go to a warm climate like Miami and it's almost like they completely forget how to play. Absolutely. And the yeah. and, and again, the new head coach with Tua looking for something to prove, the new head coach, you can't you can't underestimate that enough. Those guys are ready to rock. And the players, I mean, from the kicker to the linebacker to the quarterback, everyone's trying to prove that they're they're no joke. It's the mental thing, the mental part of sports right there. I mean, the game, simply put, the game is a lot more important tomorrow to the Miami players than it is to Josh Allen and the Bills. Because the Bills, if they lose that, they can win another seven in a row. They can still go 14-3. and three. I, the, Bills aren't, the Bills are comfortable going to bed tonight. The Dolphins are like ready to play right now. So I mean, and like you said, Steve, teams going in there like the Patriots would get shellacked. They get wrecked. Yeah. Belichick couldn't figure it out because the Dolphins always play hungry at home. They want to prove that they're as good as those other teams. Yeah, I right. think Dolphins. That's a live dog tomorrow. Is a better. Now, what about uh, the Ravens and the Patriots? The Ravens, they will be without Ryan Stanley, their starting left tackle. Uh, yeah, Patriots, the Patriots, they seem like they have gone back to the offense that they played last year after, yep. for some reason, trying that. to experiment with a new, uh, <laughs> with a new system. Letting, uh, letting Matt Patricia coach uh, offense. It, Bill was like, no, it's not going to work. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, though, I still have to go with the Ravens on this because uh, from what I know, it uh, looks like J.K. Dobbins is going to be able to play with his knee injury. Uh, I think what can you expect from him, though, the first day back? What is that, a year, almost over a year out? You know what I mean? True. <laughs> They got to ease him back in. Yeah, I mean, you know, just just from what we've seen the first two weeks out of the Ravens, obviously Lamar Jackson is betting on himself, which is why he turned down that ma- that massive extension. And the That's Patriots true. never really do well against Lamar, so uh, I just I just have the, I have this bad feeling that unless the Patriots defense becomes the the key part of this game. I just have a bad feeling that Lamar Jackson's just going to absolutely dunk on this Patriots team oh, yeah. the whole entire game. I didn't know, uh, Steve, I promise uh, next week and for the next 10 years, I will not uh, have to ask this. 
I'm, I'm literally, I was walking my dog earlier. Refresh my memory. Is it in New England or in Baltimore? I should already know that. Uh, it is in New England. Yes. Yeah, I mean, well, athleticism. New England, I, I, I don't know what to think of it. You're, you're, the, you're more the math guy. I mean, proud tradition. Contract year, Lamar, like you said, Lamar likes giving them fits. I'm going Baltimore. What do you, uh, what do you think? Or yeah, Lou, you said the Ravens too, right? I did. Yes. I would. Yeah, I, I wouldn't. I'm not going to rush to the gate. I'm not going to be uh, logging in tomorrow morning to bet that. That's a perilous. That's kind of a. Uh, it's obviously there's no toss-ups. There's no ties in uh, sports. But as a better, I wouldn't touch that. But if, if I'm making a pick as a, uh, you know, sports analyst like we are tonight, uh, yeah, I'd go Baltimore. Baltimore, and the line, I mean, the line, by the way, the line, by the way, what is it? Uh, it's two and a half for Baltimore. It's two and a half now? And two and a half. And the Holy over shit. under is it, set it started at, as, as what, what did it start off as? Oh, sorry, Steve. I was just going to say it started off as uh, six minus six Buffalo. So there's oh a lot of money God. coming in. A lot of people, a lot of people want. A lot of people are betting on Miami. It's a big drop. Oh no, I'm not. Ta- I'm not talking about Miami. I'm talking about Baltimore and uh, and New England. Oh, sorry, man. I thought when you said Balt, I thought you said Buff. Oh yeah, no, Baltimore. No, that's. A, I mean, wake me up, guys. I mean, if you saw 100 games and you were going to bet on 100 games, when is it ever a one point game? It's it's going to be a field goal. Never. It's getting me. It's going to be four or five. Obviously, seven is a big number. When I see two yeah. points, it's like basically just tell me who the better team is. I'm taking the better team. Two points. Exactly. Two points is nothing. What are you going to win? Twenty eight, twenty six. Give me a brick. That that doesn't yeah. happen. Three. Yeah. Three the the over under six. Six when you combine field goals and uh, extra points. Six is a big number. Obviously, seven. Seven is the biggest number. But when it comes to like two or two and a half, dude, I'm taking the better team. Usually. Yeah, and the over the over under the over under is set for forty four. Yeah, see, I wouldn't touch that. I wouldn't think. touch that because I mean Lamar. Sometimes Lamar's throwing up beach balls, gone with the wind. Yeah, I mean I wouldn't trust that guy to throw the ball. So it could be a it could be a fourteen to ten game or a, it's not going to be a shootout. So I would not touch the over. Right, and one one thing to note too, Gillette Stadium is also a wind tunnel. So that could potentially play a factor. Yeah, there's been there's been times where uh, when I, if there's ever been a shift in the wind, that ball can travel faster than any other than in any other stadium. How's the uh, how's the honestly how's the New England defense now? Do they still? Uh, I mean, McCordy. I mean, they lost Van Noy. High tower. They lost. I just. I don't yeah, see the studs. High, I don't see the studs there. Yeah, high tower. High tower. I mean, let's face it. High tower was slow last year, so you know it's not like yeah. it's not like they're not really losing Mike Singletary. Anything. Yeah, not losing. Uh, it's not like the, it's not like they're really missing anything by not having high tower this year. <laughs> no. uh, but, they're not. Yeah. Writing, they're not writing his mom asking for him to uh, come out of retirement. Right. But I mean, they they have pretty much the same people minus uh, minus 
you know, Hightower and minus Van Noy. Uh, I'd say maybe the most notable change is Josh Uche. Because of it, Josh Uche is now uh, is now one of the starting linebackers instead of coming off of the coming off of the bench. Uh, Mac Wilson oh, okay. is at the right uh, the right inside linebacker position, uh, coming over from Cleveland, and Jalen Mills is now one of the starting corners as opposed to in, instead of instead of J C Jackson and Jonathan Jones, it's now. Oh wow. Yeah. What's the what's the next game on the slate? I think we lost him. Lost him? Luke? No, I think we I think we lost I think we lost Steve. Uh hang on. Do we call back at is it twelve or oh. that? What's his cut up? Twelve? Okay, okay. Yeah. Okay, we're yeah, back. So, so, yeah, sorry sorry about that. So, for some reason normally once it hits the 10:45 mark, for some reason my phone always disconnects. Yeah. Uh, but I, but I'm back now. Um, what I was saying though hey, beforehand, bro, 12 before, or 11. 12 or 11. Uh, we're gonna try to go for 12. I mean, yeah, the go. love it. So the live, the live portion of the broadcast basically ends at 11, and then it t- what Blog Talk does is it tapes an extra hour, so it allows us an extra hour of talk. However, yeah. the thing is, if I get if I get disconnected during the extra hour, then it'll knock off all of us. We are screwed. So. But okay. uh, the plan is the plan is to go until twelve. So, yeah. Um, oh, nice. But we, uh, you know, what I was saying before I got disconnected was that instead of J.C. Jackson and Jonathan Jones at the corner uh, at the corner spots, they now have Jonathan Jones and Jalen Mills, which, right? I mean, it's it's produced subpar results so far. Uh-huh. But for the most part, it seems like apart from that and the fact that they now have Josh Uche starting and Mac Wilson was brought over from Cleveland, for the most part, the defense is pretty much the same. So, you know, there's not much of a uh, – it, it's not a huge difference compared to last year. So the defense – is still the strong point, if anything, of this uh, Patriots roster. Yeah, I mean, but, Green Goblin, he was he was an Eagle, uh, seventh round pick, and uh, right. he was uh, he was like a crowd favorite because he would always be fired up. He, he had the bright green neon hair, but uh, he would get burned too much. So when he went to the Patriots, I was kind of surprised. He played well though against Bill Belichick in the the Super Bowl where Nick Foles won the Super Bowl. So I wasn't yeah, surprised I think that that's uh, partially... Belichick, Belichick has an affinity for guys that he plays against that he respects. But yeah, I, I mean, think that's overall, partially why uh, I think that's partially why Belichick went after him uh last off season. Yeah, it was affordable too. I mean probably what, a two year deal. He's yeah. not a mega Mega free agent. Uh, no, actually, it, was, it wasn't a two-year deal. It was, I believe, it was a four-year deal, if I recall correctly. Wow, I think it was four um, years. 
Yeah, yeah let me bring my, that up, go. actually. He's a Tiger. Go Tiger. Yeah, let me bring that up, actually. Yeah, it was a four-year, $24 million deal that he had signed with New England. Oh, he, Jalen Mills would make, like, two or three huge, awesome hits, like, fire up the crowd, and then he'd get burned on, like, third and 20. Yeah, I was never. It's, uh, I, I don't dislike the guy. I didn't. I don't dislike the guy. I wasn't crying when he uh, left Philadelphia. Right, right. I mean that that was that was one of the many uh, instances that happened last year where if there was one guy that was getting burned on that defense uh, when it comes Jaylen to Mills. the corners, it was Jalen Mills. Well, he rolls the dice too. He tries to jump routes, which is great for a little bit, but then yeah. on that one play, like you said, but he gets I, burned a lot. Exactly. The, I mean, the Eagles yeah, corners so now. You saw Dar- Darius play on Monday night. I mean, James Bradbury from the Giants. The Eagles have a great secondary, but we're not yeah. going to. We'll, we'll go to them later. Yeah, you know, uh, actually, you know, it's, fun, it's funny you say that because the Eagles, they do face the commanders. Uh, on It'll Mark be on Wentz. Fox, I think, this this week. Uh, yeah, Mr. Wentz. I mean, I'll just I'll just say it right off the bat. I don't care if the spread is six and a half for the Eagles. I'm choosing the Eagles with whatever spread it is because they're gonna the they're gonna mercilessly are, destroy Wentz. Yeah, Wentz has not been impressive whatsoever this season so far for the Commanders. It's pathetic, honestly. Some of the uh, some yeah. of the drives that he has uh, put out there. Yeah, full gold. He he puts up uh, empty stats. In the clutch, you don't want one running the team. Exactly. I mean, Lou, what are your what are your thoughts on Eagles and Commanders? Do you think the Eagles take a uh, commanding uh, uh, division lead? Yeah, I do. Washington's pathetic. They haven't gone right this year, so I, I don't see. I don't even see being close. Forget it. Yeah, I would. Whatever happens, to the, uh, commanders or commanders or guardians or whatever they're called now. Whatever happened to Chief Young from Ohio State, the number one pick? He was like he's the next there. Reggie White. He's not even playing. He's there. Year. What happened to him? Well, he is, wait, he isn't. Hang on. Yeah, he, he, I I saw the stat line the other day. He, he wasn't in the lineup. Oh, he uh, yeah, he was placed on the. He, he started the year on the uh, reserve, physically unable to perform list. Yeah, with a uh, ACL injury. It doesn't say uh, if it was a tear or anything, but uh, that he started off the year on an AC, uh, with an ACL uh, injury, and he's been on he's been on uh, the physically unable to perform list since. Uh, oh, okay. So this was from last year, actually. When he tore his ACL in Week Ten against the Tampa Bay Bucks, so he's still technically on—he's uh, still recovering from that technically. Yes. And he didn't even participate in training camp or preseason because before training camp started, he was placed on the physically unable to perform list. So uh, no word yet. Yes, no word, no word yet on whether or not uh, you know wh- when he will be eligible to come back. 
but that still is, you know, that's a very significant loss uh, from the commander's uh, defense, though. So, yeah, I mean, well, I mean, Carson Wentz is kind of acting like he's reborn in, in uh, Washington, and it's interesting that he's playing his his old uh, heartbreak hotel. He's playing against the Eagles. I think the Eagles right now, they're going to blitz him all day. There's yeah, no love. Right. There's no love. No love lost from the Eagles. Now you still don't. Yeah, you, you, now you know every every year things change. People change, right? So the pieces are different. Doug Peterson's not there, <laughs> but the players are going to remember him. Players are going to go and hunt, hunt his head. They're going to try to hammer him. Exactly. Exactly. Especially with the uh, especially with some of the comments that he's made since leaving Philly. Uh, Needless to say, even though it's in Washington, um, or technically it's in Maryland, it's not in Washington. They're in Maryland. <laughs> right. Uh, it's like the Giants. They play in Jersey. <laughs> yeah. Yes. New but Jersey Jets. Still, New Jersey Jets. But, but, but still, though, you know, it's it, there's going to be no love lost. We'll put it that way. No. Think, Lou. Do you think you think it's the e? Uh, you think the Oh wait, yeah, you did say you did say the Eagles. Um, I'm sticking to it. But you know, you you were talking about a resurgence uh, when it comes to careers. What about Joe Flacco? All of a sudden, the Jets are I've one and one. Him. Yeah, and I've always and liked Flacco him. now and Flacco now faces Cincinnati, which Cincinnati is favored by six at MetLife Stadium. Yeah. Well, if Flacco keeps playing as, I think you know this. There might be a, a turning point for the Jets, and I, I think they're capable of being the mess of the Bengals. I mean, they're just trying to you know recover from the Super Bowl loss. So yeah, this might be the too. Jets' golden opportunity. Now that that on the flip side of that, Stephen Lou, Lou, are you? Yes. Do you want to put in anything more on that game? I'm sorry, I I never meant to cut you off. Which one? Oh, I mean the, oh, mean the uh, Bengals, Jets. Jets and the Jets and the Bungles. Okay. Yeah, Bengals, Jets. Might, you got in his Yeah, I mean Flacco. You know, despite being a dinosaur, I mean he's still got some muscle left in him. Of course, you know we have to wait and see when our injured quarterback returns. But if Flacco can stay the way he is, like in, in, in week two, um, it may have something here. And the Bengals, eh, they're they haven't recovered yet from the Super Bowl loss, which is very which is very common because the team that usually loses the Super Bowl. Uh, they have a tough time bouncing back. Right. Yeah, they do. I mean, just take just take a look at San Francisco. Look at San Francisco when they lost to Kansas City. You know, they they never they they didn't play that next season. They didn't play like the same San Francisco team that had gotten to the Super Bowl. Yeah, very common. I would also say, though, that San Francisco is probably more veteran ladder, whereas the Bengals, if you look at their best players, I'd say the top 10 Bengals are all under the age of 26, 25. Yeah. So I think they're like, right. They're, you know what I mean? I don't think there's a Super Bowl hangover for the Bengals. They're young and cocky. They want to come back and smack people in the face. Here's they the thing with the Bengals, though. They were a field goal away from week one win. So the Bengals are not yeah. like being lazy. They're, the, the Bengals are probably going to come in and try to score fifty points on the Jets. 
Here's the thing with the Bengals, though. They they did so much this offseason to try and improve their offensive line. They brought in Ted Karras from New England. They brought in Lyle Collins from, from Dallas. And it almost seems like there wasn't really even much of an improvement to their offensive line because Burrow is still getting absolutely destroyed out there on the field. So, I mean, yeah, you know, what buddy, the hell is going on? My buddy, yeah. I was talking to my buddy James recently about it, though. I mean, the Bengals were a better team than the Rams. I still think they should have won mm-hmm. that Super Bowl. They had two yes. late flags. That was the Bengals' Super Bowl. So, I think they're going to come out blasting tomorrow. I, I hope know. they do. I mean, they can't keep losing. They can't keep losing. If you go 0-3, you're, I mean, come on. Burrow, uh, Joey Burrow and those guys are going to – yeah, I don't know. Jets are um, a wild card. I mean, Bengals so are a lot better. What's the spread? To, what's the spread on that game? Uh, Cincinnati by six. <laughs> yeah, I'm going. I'm going Bengals. I don't care where the game is played. And it's I mean, the Bengals like stadium too. A much better team than the than the Jets. Yeah, uh, and I I'm going, I'm going I agree Bengals with that too. I agree with that too. They're I would go. I would go with Cincinnati. Because if you know, I don't think it's going to be close. I think after a while they're going to hit the world right now because they're zero and two and they shouldn't be. So they're they're going to right. uh, send a message tomorrow. I think they'll put up about thirty-eight points, thirty-eight fourteen, thirty-eight seventeen. Right. Uh, Bengals by twenty. That's a that's a pick. Hey, I'm, gonna take. I'm going to take Bengals. Tomorrow. Hey, you know what you want to. You want to talk about surprises? How about the surprisingly, uh, the Jaguars. surprisingly powerhouse? Well, oh, yeah. we'll get to the Jaguars. We'll get to the Jaguars. Dougie but Peterson. the surpri- the surprisingly powerhouse offense of the Detroit Lions. Oh yeah, taking on the Minnesota Vikings. I'll just say one thing: What is Matt Stafford thinking now? Like, gee. You know, maybe that was too harsh on the on the on the Lions. Maybe I'll think about, mm, you know, now the Lions. The Lions now have a really good offensive line. The last two drafts, they've added awesome offensive linemen, and they have uh, Saint, uh, Saint Brown. Uh, they have a great running back in DeAndre Swift. Again, not to overstate it, the Lions have a really good offensive line. It starts up up front. Big people beat up little like, people. That's what Andy Reid. I know I'm an Eagles. I'm biased. Whatever. No, but it's, it's they got Hawkinson too. The Lions, actually, the Lions have a really good line now. The Lions scared the shit out of the Eagles. They could have easily won Week One. The Lions could be two and zero. The Lions are legit. That's what <laughs> I'm saying. Yeah, and they got they got Hawkinson too as well on the on the. Oh, he's great. He's a great weapon. So you have a great running back. You have a really, really, really top five, top four, top three line in the in the league offensive line, and then, like you said, you have Hawkinson, Swift, and then they have uh, St. Brown. I, I, I always butcher his name. Really good uh, possession receiver. Then yeah. they added DJ Shark. I know he's inconsistent, but they have weapons on offense. They have a lot of weapons. And Dan Campbell, yeah. I love I love him as a coach. They have a pretty good defense. It's not great, but it's, like, solid. It's like a B, B minus, maybe a B plus. I, I, think, I think the Lions are a year away. I'm not going to be a fool and say they're playoffs, but they're on their way to like becoming a, a, a good team. So this year, I mean, I think the Lions will win 
eight games. I I see them. I could see them taking tomorrow. I mean, I don't know about you. I mean, Kirk Cousins. I don't, the guy throws like he's blindfolded. I mean, when yeah. he's under pressure. I, if I were a coach, if I were a coordinator going against Kirk Cousins, I just blitz him. The guy's like a deer in headlights every time. Yeah, and and you know the Minnesota the the Vikings are favored by six, and I'm not really sure I like that uh, that spread. What? No, no, they can come out. You can you can use the uh, pissed off revenge angle. They can come out really pissed because they got embarrassed Monday night. But you could yeah. you could also look at the other vantage point of the other angle of the lines are for real and they're hungry. I I'm taking lines there. Yeah, I would have to agree. I I, I think that the Lions, they, they definitely have something going right now, uh, especially ever since they got their first win last year. It almost seems like after that first win, things have all of a sudden been going up for Detroit ever since. They, I, I'll tell you what, man. I mean, just having watched them week one against the Eagles, they're, they're, they have a really good – they have a solid team. I know I get carried away. Sometimes I'm uh, – I exaggerate a bit about, you know, believing in different teams that I like. I like the underdog overall. But, you know, I'm, I'm telling you, the lines are legit. Like I said, they have a good – really good offensive line. Starts there. They have a good defense. Yeah. They added uh, Hutchinson. Hutchinson's like a young uh, J.J. Watt, dude. That guy's amazing. He had three sacks last week. They have a, a good defense. They have a really good line. Goff is uh, Goff. I mean, he's he's putting up some really good stats now because he's got weapons. Lions are for real. What are your What are your thoughts on the, on that, Lou? Do you think uh, Do you think the Lions take it, or do you think the Vikings uh, recover from their no, I think the Lions from their embarrassment? I think the Lions run or something here. I think the Lions can take yeah. it. The Vikings? I'm not calling the Vikings. Uh-uh. We we do we do have JB joining us for the uh, for the extra hour oh, JB. here. J, JB, nice. what are your nice. thoughts on uh, what are your thoughts oh, on man. Detroit this year? Oh uh, I'm one of the last people to uh, ask that question. Um, <laughs> oh. <laughs> I don't know really. They sound. Uh, they sound a lot better than what they used to be. That's for uh, yeah. darn sure. Um, you know, uh, one of the guys saying that they're going to win uh, eight, I'd say maybe uh, I was going to go maybe uh, seven. Okay. Maybe they, maybe they will go, uh, you know, eight and eight. I don't know. But uh Sounds like, uh, you know, a lot better than uh, what they've been doing, really. I mean, that is realistic. Like, I could definitely see I could definitely see seven seven wins at the very least, you know. Uh, I mean, we got to remember this is still a team that's growing with all with all the draft picks, uh, all the high draft picks in the first round that they've had over the past couple of years. And now that it seems yeah. like they've really, now that it seems like they've really got something here with Amonra St. Brown, uh, you know, it it really seems like they finally 
are maybe perhaps breaking through that ceiling almost. They've turned and a now are they've, turned, they've turned a corner. Right. Hey, JB, it's your buddy Alex out in Connecticut, man. JB, good to see you, man. Good to, good to hear from you again. Yeah, when I said eight oh. minutes. Okay. Yeah, I was probably probably a little bit optimistic. I think I would probably support what you said. I, honestly, realistically, probably seven wins. But I just I like what I see out of them. They, they're high effort. I mean, obviously, it starts with the coach. Dan Campbell's a really good guy, really really good leader of men. They believe in the system now. Um, I like their draft picks. As Steve said, St. Brown, that that uh, wide receiver is incredible. So now they have a really good line. Yeah, I mean, seven, eight wins. I mean, they're not – at least they're not a doormat anymore. They're not getting stepped on. Right. Which is cool to see because right. I love that the city of Detroit is starved for champions. You know, it's a, it's a tougher city, obviously. It's, it's fun to see them doing well. And another thing to keep in, in mind as well is the perhaps the potential distraction of hard knocks because they are the uh, – you know, they, they were the focus them. of hard knocks this season. I think it helps them though. I mean, they're they kind of yeah. believe in themselves now. They got kind of a little bit of a swagger. Oh yeah. I mean, when it comes be. to the, if you if you put the Cowboys on there, they're a bunch of Kardashians. Well, come they, on. Uh, they act like they they act like their shit doesn't stink. But like a, but a young hungry team, it kind of gives them uh, some confidence. We're like, wow, we're on TV now. We're for real. I think it, I, I think it kind of actually helped them. Which is rare for hard knocks. Usually, it's like a kiss of death. It's like a Kardashian curse. Yeah. Usually, well, you know what? Since we're talking about curses, you know, now we go from a team that has been on the rise, it seems, with Detroit, to now two teams that face off tomorrow. That it seems like all of a sudden, it seems like they can't buy a win this year. With yeah. the Raiders under under Josh McDaniels uh, taking on the Titans, who are both of them are surprisingly zero and two to start out the year. And not just that, yeah. but also the fact that uh, specifically with the Raiders, they have Devonte Adams. And yet Adams has barely been a factor this year. Not to mention, there are injuries on both sides. First, the Raiders will be without Hunter Renfro, their star receiver, who is out with a concussion. Uh, The Titans will not have their starting left tackle, Taylor Lewan, who is out for the year with a knee injury. Uh, they will be without Bud Dupree, who's out with a hip injury. I mean, they're, they're, this this is one of those games where it's basically injuries galore for both teams, and the line somehow is uh, Vegas by two, and I think that is mainly because that they feel that eventually that at some point Devontae Adams is going to have his welcome to Vegas game, basically. Where he outright destroys the other the the opposing team's defense, but so far we haven't seen it. And honestly, you know, I don't even know how to pick this game because the Titans have so many people out. 
but the Raiders have Derek Carr. So, I mean, you know, Alex, let's start with you. What are your thoughts on the on this matchup? Because, I mean, Harvard, this, uh, this is like a this is like a tale of two teams that can't even buy yeah. a win if they even tried. Yeah, I mean, I, I Car Car's been so close and so criticized for a long time. So personally, I never bought into him fully. I, I don't. I wouldn't start a franchise with Car. I also no. wouldn't kick him off my team if I was a brand new uh, first-year head coach. I wouldn't cry at night. I wouldn't lose sleep if he was my quarterback. I also would not uh, try to sign him to my team. So he's a good player, right? He's not an Elway. He's not a Randall Cunningham. He's not a you know he's not a Mahomes. He's not a great player. He's good, right? Um, now the Raiders obviously added his boy Devontae Adams. That that AFC West, uh, sorry, <laughs> Jesus, nice, uh, not a typo, nice. <laughs> Lots of speech. AFC West, the, the AFC, the AFC Weezy Weezy, the AFC West. Thank you, Alex. Learn how to spell and pronounce. The AFC West is a juggernaut. So every week they're going to be uh, faced with tough opponents. They're zero and two. I mean, I think that I think the Raiders get it done tomorrow. Overall, though, I mean, I think I would put the Chargers, who showed the world, including us, a lot. I mean, Herbert's incredible. They have they have Khalil Mack now. They have a great defense. They have a, they have uh, Keenan Allen. He was missing in that Chiefs game. Uh, the Raiders are going to have trouble making the playoffs because now the Chargers are awesome and the Chiefs are always going to be the Chiefs as long as Mahomes is uh, alive and Andy Reid's around. Right. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, tomorrow I think I, I'll take the Raiders. I think long term though, they're going to struggle to get in the playoffs. Yeah, you know, I think I'm going to go with the Raiders too because I think this may I think we may be seeing the downfall of Brian Tannehill to where Absolutely. at some point this right season, at some point this season, I would not be surprised at some point this season if we see Malik Willis become the starter for Tennessee. I agree. I wouldn't the be surprised the wall. at all. I don't mean to to steal the uh, microphone, but I agree with you there. I mean, they're they're kind of phasing them out. It does. It also doesn't help that they lost AJ Brown, who's absolutely destroying people yeah. on the Eagles. You know, incredible receiver. Right. Like you have you have Derrick Henry in in his not even in his prime now. I mean, these running backs, they're tanks. They, yeah, these guys get tackled by ten people every play for three hours every Sunday. Their bodies break down quickly. You have to maximize. That's right. While you have Derrick Henry on your turf, on your field, you have to make the best of it. They traded A.J. Brown. It's like, what are they doing? And then they drafted Malik Willis. So, yeah, the writing's on the wall. I mean, Tannehill's probably got this year, and that's it. He'll float around. Exactly. He might go to, like, you know, he'll, he'll, be, uh, he'll be in Houston or, you know, name another team that needs a quarterback. I don't think he's going to be long for uh, – he's not going to stay in Tennessee forever. Lou, what, Lou what, are your th- what are your thoughts on this? Titans. You think you think the Titans uh, break out of their funk? Yeah, I do. Raiders are, <laughs> are much better. All right, JB. What about you? Uh, you know, the obviously uh, 
you know, these are these are two teams that did not expect to start to obviously start off this season zero and two, but at the same you know at the same time these are two teams that are clearly better on paper than what they've shown so far out on the field. Yeah, I like uh forget who it was uh talking about uh the Raiders. I like uh I li- I like the Raiders too. And I guess I guess I'm looking at the uh you know points for and points against and it just looks like uh, you know, Titans are just shitting in the weeds more or less. Uh that's a lot of shit. Yeah. Uh another team uh hate to mention my uh Bengals, but uh seems like they're shitting in the weeds too this year. Yeah, yeah like, you know what you know you know what, JB? We actually talked about the Bengals before you before you came on the air, and we were just, talking just about before, the, uh, JB, the struggles JB, that they have been having. Yeah, Steve. Sorry, JB. Yeah, just before you came on, I was I, I made a random remark about how fired up Joe Burrow is going to come out tomorrow because uh, you know some critics, some commentators out there, are, oh, it's a Super Bowl hangover. I said, hey, you know what? They're all young. They they all they still have a lot to prove and they're pissed off. They're not they're not relaxing. Jamar Chase, T. Higgins, Joe Burrow, Joe Mixon, the whole the whole core, the best players in the Bengals are all young. They're not lazy right now. They're they're coming out. I think they're going to hammer the Jets tomorrow. What do you think about that? I I think so. I I think so too. And another thing is uh, this year's Bengals. Are totally different than last year's Bengals. How so? Yeah. Uh, it just seems like they played a lot better last year. Uh, okay. I know. Yeah. I know one thing: if if they would get maybe a couple offensive linemen. To protect oh, yeah. the quarterback. Yeah. I mean, I, I think I told, uh, I think I told Steve this uh, as soon as uh, the Bengals uh, got uh, Burroughs. As soon as, or uh, you know, as soon as they uh, got him as the uh, number one pick, I said they're going to have to get somebody also to protect this guy. If they can get some people to protect him, you know, he'll – I can see him uh, – uh, what's the best two words? Kicking ass? They yeah, just need yeah. somebody on the but, offensive line to, you know, protect the guy. Here's the problem, It's not, it's not problem, his fault though, that – yeah, it's not his fault that he's getting sacked uh, you know, six uh, six times, seven times a game. <laughs> a quarterback's only going to be as good as his line. I mean, obviously, there's people that can make miracles, but overall, you got to protect the quarterback. Exactly. And here's the pro- and here's the problem too, though. Like I said earlier, they did uh, they did address the offensive line. They went out there and they yeah. got Ted Harris yeah. from New England, and they got Lyle Collins 
from from Dallas and Call them to suck. And they still yeah. suck. Even more. Collins is uh, fighting Aaron Donald, uh, you know, uh, destroying the guy in practice. They had those joint practices in preseason. Collins is like, that's my quarterback. Don't touch him. Well, yeah, now it's the regular season. Can, can you protect your quarterback? I mean, uh, like yeah. you said, A.B. And, and, and Steve, they, they, they knew they fell a little bit short. I mean, look at that last play in the Super Bowl. If they had, like, another millisecond. You know, it's all timing and reads. NFL is so – it's so complicated. Those those little those milliseconds. It it really it's the offensive line. is so damn important. It's not sexy. The casual fans, the fantasy fans, don't really look at it. But the offensive line is everything. And they they went yeah. out and addressed it. And now it's like they went backwards. <laughs> they invested in it, and it looks worse than it was last year. Yeah, really. Maybe they need to do some reinvesting. <laughs> yeah. Or. Not maybe. I mean, they I just, need to do some reinvesting. I just thought it. I just thought it was very weird, though, that you know, uh, they made all of this investment, and yeah, and yet Burrow is still getting absolutely destroyed, like he was last year. Yeah. Getting hammered. Yeah. It's like nothing. Yeah. Did. It got worse. Exactly. I don't know. Apparently, I'm not. I'm not. I, I'm. I'm not gonna. Pronounce, I'm not going to say that I uh, watch every snap. I, I've, I watch plenty of Bengals. Right. I went to school in Ohio, so like two of my best friends are Bengals fans. AB, so I, 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 I feel what you're saying. They're like, dude, they, they invested in the line, and it looks a lot worse than it used to be. So, I mean, Burrow is just under pressure. He's also had a couple big injuries. You don't want to see the guy, you know, blow out his knee again. So, right. they're, they're, you know, they're, they're on thin ice. they got to really get their shit together starting tomorrow. You know, you before, I think they'll get their shit together tomorrow. You can't go 0-3. If you lose the Jets, then it's a real tailspin. I mean, that's a get-right yeah. game. That's a get-right yeah. spot tomorrow. they got to get right tomorrow. Yeah. You know, before, before, we go on with our, uh, before we go on with our football picks, let's shift a little bit to Major League Baseball as – we, I want to get these two these two things in before we continue. Uh, Albert Pujols officially joins the 700 home run club last uh, after last night, joining Barry Bonds, Hank Aaron, and Babe Ruth as the only hitters. And I'll put I'll put Bonds with an asterisk next to his name, uh, joining them as the only four hitters in baseball Why history would you put an to have hit. Because of the steroids. Okay. <laughs> that, 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 that little. 700 home runs. Little... Well, I mean, come on. You know, even if he didn't, right. even if he didn't do the steroids, maybe he still could have hit 700 regardless. But it kind of taints it, even you know, yeah. e- even though he did it with with steroids. I mean, Lou and I are we're in the New York. I, I'm in Connecticut. I, I work in New York City. I mean, they're saying yeah. Judge is about to break the record. People, people in New York City don't even look at uh, Bonds. He doesn't even count as far as the record books. Exactly. So, I mean, there's different, yeah. different pockets of the country feel feel differently. A lot of people think Bonds yeah. is a cheater. I think he's the best hitter yeah. I've ever seen, uh, and I think he's a cheater. I'm kind of like halfway yeah. either way. <laughs> 
And you know what? That's another thing too. the The other thing to talk about as well is Aaron Judge is currently tied with Babe Ruth, and he's now one away from tying Roger Maris's record for home runs in the season. And I don't know how many games do they have left in the regular season. Well, um, about twelve or something, I think. So he needs only two home runs to have the record all to himself. Watch him do it at the end of the last game of the season. I mean, possibly, possibly. Uh, I I would think that he would be able to get that he would be able to get it done. Uh, you know, before before the end of the season. Uh, I yeah, mean, that's hell, what Maris you know, did the last day. Yeah, I mean, hell, you know, the last couple of games, uh, specifically against Boston's bullpen, I would think that that would have been a golden opportunity for him because especially, uh, you know, some of the the relievers, I know I'm a Red Sox fan and I'm dunking on my own team here for a reason, uh, but, you know, this this bullpen is so atrocious that – Oh. You could have a you could have a pitcher like Brian Be- the youngster Brian Bello, who finally had his his best game ever as a major leaguer uh, this year, yeah. and then the Blow bullpen it. absolutely blows it to shit. Mm-hmm. You know it, this bullpen cannot hold a lead cannot hold a lead to save their life, and I feel yeah. bad for John Schreiber who got the loss today. Because John Schreiber has been the one that has been leaned on the most because he's literally the only dependable reliever uh, in this bullpen. Wow. Everybody else is like is like a five ERA or above, or they're on injured reserve. So it's you know uh, as far as Judge goes. I think eventually, at some point, wait a minute, let me see. Okay, 25th, 26th. So their next series is, ooh. Well, I don't think he'll have to deal with Alec Manoa next uh, next series because they're playing Toronto, and I think Manoa just pitched tonight. So he won't, I don't think he'll have to deal with Manoa. Uh, you know what? That might be. I don't know. That Toronto series could be a problem for Judge. Mm. Let's see. Who do they have the end of the year? To end the year, they have... Oh, oh, Baltimore. I would be very surprised if Judge... If he can't break it against... Toronto or maybe even tomorrow against Boston, I would be very surprised if he can't break it against Baltimore. Very surprised. Or even then, uh, even then, actually, their last series, I think, is against Texas. If he can't break it against Baltimore or Texas, then it just wasn't meant to be this season. So close to it, though. I know. That's the thing. He's so close to it, but yeah. I mean, like, he, what the hell are you if doing? he can't, if he can't do it tomorrow, 
or he can't do it in the Toronto series. He has two golden opportunities, six golden opportunities uh, for in, in six games to get it done against Baltimore and against Texas. But with this, if that was in the old Yankee, that was in the old Yankee Stadium, that would have been a home run. Oh, it would have been. As yeah. a matter of fact, if it is, if it, if it was to uh, right field, is the shortest is the shortest, right, or is it left field? I think it's. I think it is right field. If it, if it was to right field, that would have been out. That would have been gone. Yes. So. I love, I love, uh, yeah. I, I respect, I respect Judge. I definitely respect the Yankees lore. I grew up going to Dave Winfield, Don Mattingly, uh, Ron Guidry, this and that. Uh, Lou, <laughs> yes. Correct me if I'm wrong. That's a damn wiffle ball stadium half the time. I'm sorry. That's a wiffle ball right. stadium. Oh, it's true. I, I'm not, I'm not disputing that one. I mean, <laughs> Yankee Stadium, they say, they say that's maybe the easiest stadium to hit a homer out of. Yeah. So, I mean, it's I, I I do think that Judge eventually gets it done. Pujols, uh, with his seven with his seven hundred seven hundredth home run, I rem, I remember Lou uh, Lou that we had discussed on the other on the other show yes. whether or not it would be you know if it'll be more than seven hundred or if he'll finish with exactly seven hundred. I think there's a big possibility, Lou. He could. What did you say it was? Seven fourteen or something that you said? I said, well, it's or was it seven twelve or something like that? I think I said seven ten. It's still doable, but I I doubt it. I think it is doable, especially if he has more two run, more two home run games like he did last night. I think it's do it's mm-hmm. definitely doable. Well, it's doable, but it's kind of hard to do that, you know, consistently. Well, yeah, obviously. But, I mean, I, th- I think it's definitely doable uh, unless he unless he kind of, uh, you know, unless, unless he kind of takes, the foot, takes his foot off of the gas pedal because he was kind of like, okay, you know, I want, I want to hit 700, so... Let me let me be kind of selfish and you yeah. know hit for myself as opposed to hitting for the team. So right. let me hit for myself basically. Now that he's got that done, maybe he may decide, okay, let me you know I got seven hundred out of the way. Let me go back to doing what's best for the team, not necessarily hitting for power, but maybe hitting for contact. Uh-huh. But uh, yeah, you know, I th- I think it was also very fitting too the fact that he did it at Dodger Stadium because he he, last play- he played for the Do- he played for the Dodgers last year. He spent yeah. uh, pretty pretty much the the two cities that he spent his entire career in have been St. Louis and L.A. Yes. So, you know, it's it, it was only fitting for him to break it in, or for him to set that uh, that milestone in one of two in one of those two cities. So, 
So it, it it's definitely uh, it's a nice capper, I should say, to to his final season. But anyways, let's get back to our football picks. Uh, we have our next our next matchup. We have the Houston Texans against the Chicago Bears, and honestly, from what I've seen out of the Texans, I'm uh, I'm not really impressed. Even though they got Lovey Smith as their coach, uh, yeah, I think this is an easy easy Bears win against the Texans because the Texans so far haven't even shown that they can, uh, you know, that they can outscore anybody this season. Texas, another team uh, like the Lions. Mm -hmm. They're, uh, they're trying to make sure people know that they're uh, to be respected. They're not going to be pushed over anymore. They didn't add nearly as much overall free agency and draft as the Lions, but Davis Mills getting it done. They have a really nice young running back from Florida, uh, Damian uh, Pierce. They're getting it done. They also have a couple yeah. nice wide receivers, uh, Brandon Cooks, and they're they're not uh, they're not playing around. I think they can win six yeah. or seven games. I wouldn't. They're not a pushover anymore. No, they're not. What are your what are your thoughts on on, on uh, Houston, Lou? I mean, they they lost sixteen to nine to Denver last week, uh, yes. and they tied and they tied with uh, with an Indianapolis team that uh, literally they Indianapolis basically gave them so many opportunities to try and uh, win it in overtime, and they still couldn't do it. Yep, but I but I'm cursed when it comes to the Bears. They they never win with uh, when I take them, so based on that just alone, I'm not I'm not taking the I'm not taking the Bears. JB, what are you what are your thoughts on the on this matchup? Uh, uh, I'd take the Bears. What? So you know, it's just uh, to me. Uh, I just think they're uh, a better team. Why? I don't know. Uh, you know, it just uh, they just come across as uh, being a better team than the uh, Texans. I think they're uh, I'll, I'll, better than uh, a three points spread. I'll tell I'll I'll tell you though they'll need they'll need Justin Fields to have more than either 121 yeah. yards or 70 yards right like he put up last week against Green Bay. Yeah, they're gonna need a hell of a lot more uh, production out of Fields than Bro, what they've got in these first two weeks. All right, uh, we also have the Chiefs and the Colts, and Chiefs are favored by five and a half points. Honestly, I don't even think that this game is even a question because the Matt Ryan era of Indianapolis is, it's been absolutely horrible so far. And actually, yeah. it's, kind of been, it's kind of been pretty pathetic, some of the uh, plays 
that uh, yeah. that the Colts have given up. So I think this is an easy Chiefs win. I don't think they even have a problem. No question. Yeah, I think so too. Yeah, Matt Ryan's I struggling. Mean, uh, yeah. He's not adapting well to his new surroundings. Uh, Pittman's coming back from injury. The Chiefs are, again, another team trying to prove a point. They really don't miss much. They don't need Tyreek Hill. They're going to – I think they're going to – I'd take them by two touchdowns over the Colts. I'm going Chiefs. Yeah, I think I think that I think it's pretty easy to to show that you know there's there there's not gonna really be much of a uh, I you know I I would actually think it might be more than two touchdowns I think it'll I think it'll be more than uh, more than fourteen points I wouldn't, I wouldn't be surprised because the Col- because the Colts haven't shown anything this year to. You know, to show that they're even going, that they're even capable of holding a lead. Oh, and it looks like let me let me just confirm this. Let me see. Uh-oh. I think, I think we may have a pretty huge upset here. Kansas we State, forty-one to thirty-four over Oklahoma. Yep. Oh, gee. Wow. I'll make you say, "Wow, that—that's all I got to say about that." Yeah, who would have thought? Number six, uh, Oklahoma. Uh, what was that, JB? There, there goes, goes my one. week. <laughs> yeah, number six, Oklahoma falls to unranked to unranked Kansas State. I mean, wow, that is <laughs> oh that is that is rich. I'll just put it that yeah. way. That is rich. All right, uh, our next match up here, we have the New Orleans Saints against the Panthers, and keep in mind, Jameis Winston is playing with. Four broken or four fractures in his back. That's reassuring. I don't yeah. even know how the hell he's even playing with, with having to deal with these with these fractures. I mean, it's it's unbelievable. Like how how can you even even if you have extra padding on, how the hell can you be run, can you be moving out there and taking hits with mm-hmm. almost essentially a broken back? I mean, a dumb he better have a, a serious flat jacket on. But yeah, he's obviously a target. If I'm a defensive end or a linebacker on that other team, yeah, call me call me whatever you want. You know, defensive coordinators are saying, hey, maybe check up on his ribs. They're hitting him in the back. I mean, I don't see how he lasts the whole year. Obviously, the Saints would not want to disclose that information. But uh, it's out there. Oh, yeah. Jay, the Jay, Jay, Glazer was, Jay Glazer was the one who uh, was the one who put it out there. <laughs> Jay Glazer. 
Yeah. That guy's such a, uh, such a tough, uh, yeah. wannabe tough guy. I, I have a funny story. I interned for CBS way back in the day when I was 23, and Glazer was uh, Glazer was working for the NFL Today show. It was Boomer. I, I was literally getting coffee, making about you know two bucks a day. Yeah. Nothing. I was I, I was in shit. It was fun though. I was hanging out. Literally, I was one of the assistants for um, right out of college, for Boomer, Dion, and uh, those guys, and uh, Dan Marino. And Glazer was like the, Glazer was the cockiest. He was the one person that no one wanted to be around. Every, everyone else was cool. Dion was really nice. Blazer walked around like he was uh, part of the mafia. He, like, talked wow. shit about – I can't stand that guy. Oh, he's a total – total. Mm. oh, never mind. It's a funny oh. thing from the past. Jay Glazer. Yeah, he, he acted like he was uh, Lou Gehrig walking yeah. around. This is 20 years ago. I, I couldn't imagine his ego now. So sounds to me like he has this, like he still has this. Uh, uh, he had a massive ego back then, and now it's probably monster sized because of the fact that he's one of the NFL's top uh, top reporters. <laughs> yeah, I get a kick out of him, man. He's just a whatever. Wow. He also does the MMA thing, right? With Rogan and uh, those guys are all weird. Dana White. Yeah. 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 Uh, how's your steroids? Yeah, Glazer's like five four and Vince is like eight hundred pounds. I don't think the guy played wiffle ball in middle school, but now he's like a supreme uh, MMA uh, commentator. Kind of funny how things change over the years. Glazer thinks he's like, uh, you know, the king of media. Yeah, he's plugged in that. But I, you know, anyways, though the Saints. Uh, I mean, the Panthers are are a dumpster fire, even with Baker Mayfield as exactly. their starter. Uh, so, I would think the Saints are probably going to take this, unless somehow Jameis Winston gets injured. Camara, uh, if Camara doesn't play, I know Camara missed last week, but he's listed as questionable for this week. Uh, Taysom Hill is also questionable, so who knows if he'll if if uh, he may be out or if he'll play. Uh, but I mean, the Panthers are just a laughing stock at this point. Uh, you know, they can't decide whether or not Baker should play or or Sam Darnold should play. So, I mean, they they have the Saints as uh, two and a half point favorites, and I I have to agree. I think the Saints probably take this. What do you what do you think, JB? That's what I I, I was going to say. Uh, I think the Saints are going to take it too. I think it'll be by um, more than three. I think it'll be like about uh, you know seven, eight, or nine. Yeah, I would be I would be surprised if it's if it's uh, if somehow this game is only separated by three points. I would be very surprised. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and now next up we have the surprising one and one Jacksonville Jaguars taking on the one and one LA Chargers. And something to keep of note here: it sounds like it sounds like the Chargers will be without J.C. Jackson once again with his ankle injury, and they may be without their tight end Donald Parham as well as their center Corey Lindsley with hamstring and knee injuries. And not to mention, 
Justin Herbert is now now is dealing with fractured ribs, and Keenan Allen is dealing with a hamstring issue. I would not be surprised if the Jaguars somehow pull off an upset this week. 100%. They're growing with confidence. Yeah. With second-year quarterback Trevor Lawrence, let's not forget, he was the man. He's a supremely talented player. Now you have Doug Peterson. I wouldn't call him a QB whisperer, but he does great things. You know, Nick Foles. I mean, Doug Peterson's a good coach. They're kind of they're starting over. They're wiping off that uh, that bullshit. You know, dealing with Urban Meyer. Jacksonville's got a young roster, a lot of high picks. They're a young, hungry team. I, I'm going Jacksonville. What are, What are your What are your thoughts, Lou? Between Jacksonville and the Chargers? And I'm going to go the Chargers. Yeah. So what about you, JB? I I don't know. Uh, me, I would uh, take uh, – I'm just going by the line. Uh I think uh it'll be a close I think it'll be a closer game than uh seven points. I'd take uh Jackson I'd take Jacksonville in seven over uh the Chargers. I think it'll be a close way, game though. And speaking of the Chargers, their team doctor is being sued by Tyrod Taylor who had his lung punctured while he was receiving oh, yeah. a pain-killing injection prior to week two of the 2020 season, which is what was responsible for Justin Herbert getting the start and thus therefore officially replacing Tyrod Taylor as the <laughs> Chargers starter. And Taylor is seeking Taylor is seeking at least $5 million in this lawsuit which is basically what he feels he was robbed out of in uh in free agency that he feels that if he was a, if he was uh if he was able to go through through the whole season as a starter he would have filed for free agency as a starter as as opposed to being forced to file for free agency as a uh, backup And it says here that uh, the the Chargers team doctor David S. Gaza, David S. Gazaniga and the Newport Orthopedic Institute, which he runs, are being sued for medical malpractice. Uh, the trial was originally going to be scheduled for November, but now it's been pushed into April due to the ongoing NFL season. And it's been stated as part of this lawsuit that his negligence, carelessness, and other tortious, unlawful, and and wrong acts caused Taylor to lose position as the starting quarterback for the Chargers in the 2020 season. Uh, and something of note, Taylor did not return to the field for that season. He then became a free agent, joined the Houston Texans on a one-year deal as a backup uh, or being paid backup money, and went two and four in six starts. And 
basically the lawsuit argues that the economic difference between a starting quarterback's salary and a backup quarterback salary is at least $5 million and is more likely much greater. Uh, let's see. Well, yeah, and it, it's more likely much greater. Uh, the exact yeah. amount of of such past and future loss, though, is currently unknown to Taylor at this time, and he will ask leave of this court for permission to to amend this complaint, set forth the total amount when assert and when ascertained. So. It sounds like he's seeking $5 million right now, but it, it sounds like that could potentially increase moving forward. And, I mean, being perfectly honest here, I think he, I think he has a case. Because yeah. if you're a team doctor, if you're a team doctor, how do you, how do you put uh, a painkilling injection and somehow hit the wrong place. <laughs> There's also doctors out there that, you know, spinal cord injuries or uh, leg injuries. I mean, doctors are human, right? Yeah, yeah, he yeah. has the right to do. I'm just saying it's it, unfortunately it happens. They're not they're not robots. No one's perfect. Yeah. No, obvious, obviously not. But he has a right to uh, do. He's he does. He's also the backup quarterback of the Giants now, so he's doing okay. But yeah, no, he he can still. They're gonna have to pay up. I mean, I agree. I agree with you. I agree with both sides. But I mean, those surgeries. I mean, doctors talk about pressure. If they mess up at all, look what happens. They're they're trying to fix people and. It's a very high risk, uh, very defensive, uh, tough industry. That's for sure. Yeah. Needless to say, I mean, this, and uh, you know, I can, I can tell, you, I can tell you one thing that if they probably had their old uh, doctor who was David Chow, uh, who I actually follow on, uh, I actually follow on Twitter. Uh, he used to be the doctor for many years for the chargers and if he was still their doctor this probably wouldn't have even happened but for some, i i forget why he left the why he uh he left the chargers but for some reason the chargers replaced him with this guy that ultimately ended up costing uh you know ended up costing Tyrod Taylor, his starting job. By the way, we do have some uh, injury updates here. Uh, Safety Jordan Poyer is not expected to play against the Dolphins. Right. For Buffalo. So both of Buffalo's Pro Bowl safeties are out for tomorrow's game, along with two other defensive starters. Uh, Alvin Kamara for the Saints is expected to play after missing last week with his rib injury. Uh, the Cardinals running back James Conner is expected to play, uh, but he will test out his ankle pregame before they play the Rams. But he is expected to play. 
the same goes for Jerry Judy of the Denver Broncos, who was listed as questionable with a rib and shoulder injury. He is currently on track to play against the 49ers, but he wants to see how it feels in pregame warm-ups. Uh, also, Broncos cornerback Patrick Sertain, who was questionable with a shoulder injury, is expected to play, according to Adam Schefter. Uh, you know, speaking of injuries, too, let's talk about Trey Lance. And Trey Lance having to be carted off from the field uh, after he ran an option play and basically his legs completely rolled up under him. And from what it sounds like, I believe it is a broken leg that he's dealing with. Oh, dear. So he is out for pretty much the rest of the season. And here's the thing is they yeah. they invested so much in this guy to the point of where they were looking right. at potentially trading Garoppolo and they get you know, they gave up so much draft capital for this guy as well. And from what it sounds like, according to Trent Dilfer this could this injury could be a career record for Trey Lance. And I mean, you know, it's it's bad and and actually it it's a broken ankle actually, not a broken leg, it's a broken that he bad. suffered. Still bad, but yeah, uh, he will. It'll it will officially end his season. Uh, Cal, Co, uh, Niners coach Kyle Shanahan you know, has stated it's like easier to heal a broken ankle than a broken leg. Well, you know, it could it could be worse. It could be worse. You know, I mean, obviously, it's easier to heal something that's broken. As or no, wait a minute, no, I'm thinking of a. Uh, because there's different types of breaks. There's an open break or, or a uh, there's a compound fracture or there's a closed fracture, hmm. which I believe, if I if I recall correctly, they said it's much harder to heal a closed compound. Right. Where it's broken straight through. A fracture. But it it isn't stated here exactly exactly what type of a broken ankle he has here, but uh, the fact is that you know he's out for the season. But uh, there's some fear that this could actually destroy his career because of the fact that Trey oh, yeah. Lance re- Trey Lance relies uh, relies so much on movement. Yeah, that could really, uh, you know, when it could, really derail his career. And I mean, RG three even said that this injury pushes his development back at least two to three years. Oh, two to three years. 
And actually, uh, there there is a report from Pro Football Talk. He did avoid a compound fracture, so it wasn't a compound fracture of of his ankle. But still, uh, it it says that it'll avoid uh, potential complications that may happen during his recovery. So, I you know I I guess a compound fracture is actually worse than. Uh, but, yeah. you know, it's a good thing for the Niners, though, that they still have Jimmy Garoppolo, especially after they signed him to that yeah. uh, team-friendly deal. And, I mean, we we saw what happened last week. As soon as Garoppolo came in, the Niners played a hell of a lot better with Garoppolo than they than they ever did with Trey Lance. I guess he's still got it, huh? So, now, I wouldn't be surprised. Get it. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if the Niners just decide to cut their losses with Lance and do it now. Decide to stick with, and decide and decide to stick with Garoppolo, uh, you know, for the foreseeable future, even past this season. If you were if the Forty Niners were smart, they would go with Garoppolo. Forget Lance; he is a bust, a complete bust. Maybe I give up on Garoppolo too soon. I mean, you know, Alex, what are your what are your thoughts on this? Uh, you know, would it would it be smarter for the Niners to, you know, stick long term with Garoppolo even past this season? Yeah, I think so. He's more proven. He's more of a veteran. I mean, that was a reach. They, they took a gamble on Trey Lance. I hope he recovers. I hope he has a good career, but. Garoppolo is much more of a steady presence. I mean, he's proven he's respected in the locker room. It's it's you've seen it uh, baseball, basketball, hockey when a, a team invests a lot in a high pick and moves up and risks a lot of picks and capital. They they stay hitched to the guy. I didn't see anything that made me think Trey Lance is a Super Bowl quarterback. Garoppolo is the best chance they have. They they should stick with Jimmy. That's my two cents. Right. I mean, this mm. is literally a guy who just took the who who, have, who who took the Niners to the Super Bowl, and yes. almost had them going back to the Super Bowl last year. Yes, before they ended up losing in the uh, in the NFC title game to the Rams. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, yeah. how do you how do you have this quarterback who? clearly is the better option and you decide nah you know what we're going to we're going to invest in Trey Lance instead even though he never really played for you know a reputable uh uh college you know it's not like he played in the SEC or or he played for Clemson or something he you know he played for some college that that never would even dream of being ranked in the top 25. I mean, the the numbers speak for themselves. And I mean, yeah, you know, Garoppolo is 30 years old. He still probably has a couple more years left. Oh uh, yeah, sure. You know, it's, it's kind of like, it's kind of like the situation with Jordan Love and the, uh, uh, you know, yeah. the Green Bay Packers. You know, Aaron Rodgers has a couple of years left. 
Jordan Love is basically going to be going to be that going to be the backup that entire time, <laughs> and he was supposed to be the future for the Packers. But, but things change. Things have changed. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, if you have if you have a guy in Garoppolo who has almost, who has almost led you to the Super Bowl twice. Yes. And yeah, when he's when he's healthy, he's pr- he's proven that he's a good quarterback. Right. Why do you not go with him the entire way? The, the until exactly. you know, until it's decided that he can't be your quarterback for you know uh for a, a, some some amount of time yeah I wasn't thinking on their part that's for sure i you know i mean i mean hell he and, and another thing too is he had like two different injuries when he led them to the n f c title game last year yes A nine and six record last year in fifteen starts, twenty touchdowns, twelve picks. Plus, he had another three rushing touchdowns as well. He threw for three thousand eight hundred and ten yards. He had a completion percentage of sixty eight point three percent. I mean, there's nothing wrong with that. No. No, but so, they they gave up a lot. They got to hitch hitch it all to that wagon. So, right. Um, I, I bet Shanahan doesn't believe in him right now. But ownership, GM, et cetera, et cetera. Oh, we got to give Trey a chance. Yeah. Well, before I go we get yeah. off, I better be going. So I know I'll say goodnight. Yeah, that's uh, – uh, wow, this this uh, this hour really flew by. Uh, thank you guys right. for joining us tonight. Uh, thank, thank you to to Lou, to Alex, Hello. to JB. Uh, thank you. A reminder. A reminder. This upcoming Thursday night, we will have the Survivor 43 recap show, and of course, Friday night, we will have the finale for Big Brother 24. And uh, of course, we'll be back next Saturday night for another edition of Sports Whispers Weekly. Everybody have a good rest of your weekend, and we will see you guys next Saturday night. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway, and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.